here what is halloween and you know what else what it's only one more day and then creeptober is over well i mean creeptober is never really over if you keep it in your heart it never dies it never dies just like jesus well he did die jared but he did did he he they he rose again did you not take that in school (laughs) Not in my school, because I'm not at the ghoul school. Ooh, girl, look what you did, man. You spun it back. I nice. did it. I did it. Good job, buddy. Are you feeling spooky today? No. No. Why not? Uh, because I know that we're going to be recording for like four hours. It's, it's going to happen. Mm. Not if we don't <laughs> want to. It's hanging over me. Uh, hey, the, the fans demand it. Well, I mean, we can. Uh, I'll give you a solid three, and then after that, I'll probably, um, I'll probably just leave, mm-hmm. and I can bring in the other co-host, the cat. Yeah, Winnie. Yeah, she she's a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say fan, but like, I mean, she puts up with it, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, how about that? Lots of movies, I guess. Hey. Lots of movies. Lots of movies. How how has your October been? Fast. I can't Fast. believe it's. Like fast and loose. It's it's fast and loose. Wow. Just like the rest of my body. Fast and loose. No. I hope not because like if you want to be regular, you um. Do you know? (laughs) Do you know? Do do you know? Do you know about (laughs) blood harvest, RJ? What? Uh, I know Joe Bob (laughs) did blood harvest. Is that what you're leading off with here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should have watched the Joe Bob Blood Harvest, my man. Well, you know, RJ, it's not available on Shudder. Those sons of bitches. They yanked it. It disappeared at the beginning of the month. They just took it off totally? uh, Well, if you go to your desktop version of Shudder, it appears as an option. But you go to click on it, and it says unavailable. And then you go to your app, and it's not even there. The fuck is this horse shit? Yeah, it's horse shit. It's all horseshit. I'm investigating, but you can tell me. You can tell me about it because it are looks you, are cool. You, uh, well, blood I, harvest. I, let's let's not go crazy here. Throwing around these cools. 
So Blood Harvest RJ. This is uh-huh. a movie uh, came to my attention. Vinegar Syndrome released this on Blu-ray a while ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and it stars the musical sensation Tiny Tim. Are you familiar with Tiny Tim? From uh, A Christmas Carol? Different. Same, uh, but different. No, I'm not familiar with him, but I have some earth-shattering news. On my desktop, Week 9 Blood Harvest, Joe Bob plays. Oh, but it's the Joe Bob version. Yeah. What uh, did you think I said? But it's, but it's not like just the movie without him. No, it's shit. got the Joe Bob stuff in it. Oh, but, I mean, weird. I like the Joe Bob stuff. Okay. Well, that's intro- yeah, I just wanted to, I didn't even know that that was part of it. I just was like annoyed that the uh, movie itself wasn't there. So I, 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 I follow. I found it other ways and okay. uh, checked it out. So, yeah, okay. Tiny Tim, you, you pro- did you watch Insidious? Uh, yes. Do you remember? So. Do you remember? There's like that uh, that music that's used. The oh. tiptoe through the garden. Yeah, through the to the window. Yeah, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Tiny Tim. Okay, he was this like very <laughs> yeah. odd looking man who could hit this incredible falsetto, and mm-hmm. uh, he was he always came off as a very innocent sort, uh, despite his appearance. <laughs> so in this, he plays mm-hmm. a clown. Um, so like something like it kind of plays like a horror movie version of a mice of men. He's, mm-hmm. he's the Lenny. He's like the simpleton brother who's very sad. And so he tries to cheer himself up by dressing like a clown, but it doesn't work. So he's always sad. Mm-hmm. And this girl and her boyfriend, they move back home to his house on the farm to reclaim it. And there's been doings in the town. People have been hanging cats as as a common theme, apparently, Aww. in horror movies. Um, mm. And Tiny Tim wanders around in clown makeup, and you're like, oh, well, this is your red herring for tonight. And as the movie goes okay. on, you're just like, well, it's the brother, right? He's the one who's, like, hanging people upside down and then slitting their throats. And mm-hmm. it takes, whatever, 80 minutes to get to that. And it's like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> that's the movie. Uh, that's it, huh? Yeah, that's all. Uh, I, I like that Tiny Tim. I kind of wish it was like all Tiny Tim all the time doing stuff. I'd be down with him just being a, a killer, killing people, killing mm-hmm. fools, mm-hmm. but we don't live in that world. Uh, th- this movie I watched a full like two weeks ago, and it is mm-hmm. very foggy for me otherwise. But I, I'm just here to register my disappointment. That's fine. There's a, no better platform than an online medium of two guys an talking. Ex- an exchange. Of, an exchange of sorts. Of communication. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is all about. But I'm telling you, RJ, Blood Harvest is a masterpiece compared to the film I followed it up with. A little, what, what would that a, be? A little movie called Witchcraft. Okay. So Sounds cool. There's 14 installments of Witchcraft. Uh, why? Uh, I, I don't know. I guess because people kept renting them. Because people were like tricked. They thinking like, oh, part 666, this is going to be good. Mm. And uh, people plunked down their money. Because you never knew what you are going to get with these witchcraft movies. Mm-hmm. But it has inauspicious startings here, uh, beginnings here with witchcraft. It is the most phoned-in Rosemary's Baby, baby style uh, storyline mm. involving a a young couple who are like very old, but very young couple. They just had a baby. They have an annoying friend who wants to see the baby. And mm. uh, they, they move in with the 
uh, husband's mother, so mother-in-law. And of course, surprise, they're Satanists. And they're, they're there to bring in this Antichrist baby and raise that baby right. And it is just the most boring soap opera style action you've ever seen. Mm. It's un, it's unbelievable that uh, someone would have made this and then someone's like, hey, let's do a part two before she's older. <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. you keep – I kept reading some more of the synopses of the subsequent installments and, oh, man, it's just – they, they don't even like have anything to do with any of the other movies. They're just like excuses <clears throat> for softcore sensuality. Ooh. Now, fun. now, now we're talking RJ speed. Yeah. Now you've peaked. Yeah. Literally peaked. Do you know what I mean? No. It's, it's a joke. It's a play on words, Jared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's a bummer that you're watching bad movies, uh, but that's well, what happens that, when you watch 800 movies a year. Yeah, yeah, it's, there's bound to be some some stinkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stinkers, Jer. Yeah, and I got and I got another one for you too because this is mm-hmm. uh, it's been a rough rough couple weeks, I guess. Okay, what else you got other, no, that, other that, than witchcraft? Well, yeah, witchcraft. Uh, <laughs> I I knew I did learn though not to go any further, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't buy some like box set that I'm sure like vinegar syndrome or severin will come along with and be like guys witchcraft is just that great you should pick it up on blu-ray all 14 mm-hmm. installments for 200 dollars. and some people will be like oh man i better buy it before it's out of print and mm-hmm. then then they bought it and they got your money and that's what it's all yep. about it's like those mm-hmm. like those amityville movies they just put out oh any of those fucking movies there's so many that we've watched in the last like month not even creeptober just other things it's like ugh. it's like oh it's a hidden gem guys He's like, no, it's not. This movie sucks. <laughs> well, well, I guess you we'll, know what I mean? Well, we'll find out what you're talking about. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll throw out one more. Uh, another weak sister of a film okay. called Scary Movie. Like uh, the Waynes Brothers Scary Movie? No. This is from uh, like probably seven years earlier. Mm, was it a comedy? No. Uh, <laughs> it, it stars Saul from Deadwood, which you wouldn't know anything about because you, nope. you hate Deadwood. Sure. And, um yeah, this guy, he's scared of things. He's really what scared kind of things? Uh, haunted houses. Okay. He's, he's at the carnival, and he's afraid mm-hmm. to go into the haunted house. And okay. this B-plot that's going on is that there's an escaped maniac on the loose. Same guy or what? Nope. Different person. But he, but he gets wind of this, and he starts thinking that that maniac is in the haunted house. Mm, spooky. Uh, no. Nope, nope. There's a lot of standing around outside mm-hmm. of the haunted house uh, at this sure. carnival discussing about going in. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of buildup and people kind of being mean to him. And they're trying to like – his his friend is trying to hook him up with this woman completely out of his league. Okay. And you're supposed to believe that this is a possibility. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, this isn't funny. This is just happening because this is who was available to make your movie at the time. Mm-hmm. So eventually he goes into the haunted house and you're kind of being led to believe that the maniac could be in the haunted house, but then it turns out he's not. And Where is he? He's elsewhere. Inside all of us? He's 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 the viewer. He's the audience. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, and so real people start getting hurt because this guy, this, this numpty, 
he mm-hmm. he, uh, he thinks that they're the killers or something, and he's he's trying to do like this Bruce Campbell Evil Dead kind of shtick, mm-hmm. and like he's all bulgy eyed and he's even kind of wearing the like ash clothes, but yeah. it does not feel at all like Evil Dead. It's just like mm-hmm. this weird like maybe indie reference that they thought ah we love those movies so much let's dip uh you know dip the hat let's, let's give it to some fan service it, it, it's just i don't i don't understand so mm-hmm. yeah not a great start for me here for my viewing rj yo how, how's your how's your uh beginnings going i mean i've been hot and cold pretty much the whole month jer yeah pretty much the whole month and i mean that's what happens uh for a few reasons later on like when i get to the end four hours from now it's because i'm trying to clean up all these shit movies i borrowed from you like Mm -hmm. 18 years ago Yeah, the movies that i'm like rj i don't think you're gonna like this yeah and then but so some of them i'm catching on wind of that so i'm just gonna give some of these back unwatched because it's like i don't i don't know i had a heck of a night last night jared i'll tell you about that later (laughs) okay um that's a an allude that's a foreshadowing uh, yeah, you could call it that. You could call it a number of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm digging deep here. This is over two weeks ago, but wow. I watched Poltergeist 3. There you go. Some Gary Sherman. Some, some mirrors. Mm-hmm. Gary Sherman. So I don't know about this dude. Like, Dead and Buried, I think, is okay. And Raw Meat isn't good. But I, I hear Vice Squad is okay. That's that thing that you like with Wings Hauser, right? Vice Squad? Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So Gary Sherman. So Poltergeist, Jared. Do, what do you know about Tom Skerritt? <laughs> I know he's the star of Picket Fences. Sure. And he was. Sure uh, he is. I know that he's uh, dreamy. If you're a mom in that shoes video mm-hmm. from like YouTube fame ages ago. Is that the one where he's naked and doing stuff? No, he's just a photograph on the wall. Oh. I mean, who doesn't have a Tom Skerritt on the wall? Anyways, Poltergeist 3. uh, So I guess it's the same family, but they've all been recast? Yeah. Yeah, and then now they live in a high-rise, in like a big apartment condo, which Tom Skerritt is also the manager of for some reason. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Carol Ann Jarrett, she's still getting haunted. Uh, She goes to the school. Everyone calls her spooky Carol Ann. Carol Ann. And uh, some Carol psychologist, Ann. Carol Ann, uh, some psychologist is a real piece of shit. And he's like, hey, Carol Ann, if there's really ghosts, what about this? Ooh, ah. And he tries to scare her a lot. But then he does wake up a ghost, Jared. It's a really old man who washes the windows of the apartment building, mm-hmm. I think. And then there's so there's all these mirrors and things and then uh, the old man is actually really funny because it's always an old man face on like little kids. And I I actually kind of like that. I thought that was pretty pretty fun. This movie's not good by any means, but I think there's interesting things about do, it. Do, I, do you wonder why people love this movie so much, though? Because I is do. It just because Paul Thomas Anderson mentioned it once that it had good cinematography. No, it goes back. I think I, don't, I didn't even know about that. That lots of people seem to like this. Think that, like highly of this. No one likes the second one. They all yep. like that third one. And well, uh, on my first viewing of this a few years ago, but I, I'm also yeah. not that crazy about the first Poltergeist. Uh, I think for first Poltergeist is fine, but I mean, Toby Hooper didn't direct it. That's for damn sure. Um, I, I, the thing about this movie is like there are good parts, 
like the mirror stuff is actually not bad it's it's well shot like it looks pretty cool like uh the way that they have the people on both sides of the mirrors it's not bad it looks okay and i do like the mirror world like people dump like where it's a puddle but it has a reflection and they kind of go through it uh one lady's body gets like this like rots instantly and like another body comes out of it that's also pretty cool but other than like three or a handful of nice scenes you have poltergeist 3 which is the rest of the movie and people just shouting carol ann carol ann and you're just like oh my god shut up you know jerry <laughs> mm. you know like shut up i should know but uh yeah you this one uh when you asked to borrow it this one also came out of the to-go bin the to-go bin well i can just throw it in the toilet now if that saves you some time um <laughs> that, that doesn't sound good for the environment Okay, well, Poltergeister, you know, whatever. Do you want to hear about um, Clue or Deathbed, the bed that eats? I don't understand Clue's inclusion. Clue is a horror movie. Mm. Have you seen Clue? I have not. Okay, well, I won't talk about it then, but Clue <laughs> is 100% a horror movie from the director of My Cousin Vinny, Jonathan Lynn. Uh, Clue's good, man. I watched Clue when I was a little kid. I thought it was good. But it, I like it. I have nostalgic value to it, and I think it's pretty fun. It's got a stacked deck for cast. Got Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd, Martin Mole, your best buddy. They're all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing, though, has like one of the the weirdest last lines of any movie you'll ever see. I don't. I don't even want to spoil it, but like, it's. I guess it it could be deemed in bad taste now because of equal rights. <laughs> now is is well, I mean, when did Clue come out? Nineteen eighty five. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's about sexuality, Jarrett. Uh oh. And then like the last line, it's pretty it's pretty wild. It's like a free some some uh, what's his name Martin McKean says something or Mike McKean whatever, and then it freeze frames on him, <laughs> and you're just like, whoa. Is that how this movie is going to end? Wild. Clue's good. I think you should watch Clue. Or not. Tell me about Deathbed. Oh, you mean The Bed That Eats? Yeah. This is an interesting film, Jer. Yeah. There is this bed in, like, an old castle, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And uh, there's a guy who lives in a painting. He's trapped in this painting, and he's watching over the bed. And... Some to, like every now and then you get drifters or people like picnicking or a couple people just looking a bone down and they're like, hey, here's a nice bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll get on the bed and then the bed will just kind of suck them in and then it'll be like, and then it just dissolves them. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool. It's like, I don't know what the camera is. <laughs> like the camera was in like a huge thing of pop or something and they would like <laughs> drop stuff in and it would fizz out. Yeah. Like that's I don't know that's the best way I could describe it. I don't know if you know what it actually is. No, I I, I don't want to know. I don't want the mystery to die. So. To die? Yeah. But those scenes like the so when things fall into the bed, that's actually really cool. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of those yeah. shots. There's a lot of those shots. I mean, they could have. I think if they had more money to play around with, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's, yeah, it's kind of like one of those shots where like they throw meat into like an aquarium filled with piranhas. Yeah. But but there's no piranhas. It's just like oh here's like a thing that looks like a hand. And it's being dropped yep. and it's like very murky and then mm-hmm. it just fizzes up and you're like, oh, it's the digestive fluids of the bed's mattress. 
Yeah. Like stomach. <laughs> Whatever the bed demon is. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty funny. Like at one point, some guy puts a bucket of chicken on the bed. Yes. And then the bucket goes in and it eats the chicken and the bucket comes back out. <laughs> and you're like, oh, like the bed knows how to differentiate between chicken and like cardboard. You wants, wouldn't think it would care, but only wants flesh. Just wants flesh, man. So you uh, you see a lot of people get eaten, and that's pretty cool. Uh, and then you do see a little backstory on the bed, and it's pretty comical because it's like like spinning newspaper ads where it's like entire town disappeared, and it's like bed sus- number one suspect, and you're like. Like, what? I, I don't know how that happened. Did, did, was, yeah. did everyone in town just like go, well, I better sit on it too and see what happened to everybody. And then they go in. Well, I, I think it was like, now I might be connecting dots that don't exist right now, but I think it was maybe the bed was part of like a hotel or something, but it was a small town. But there was definitely one paper where it was like, mayor suspects hotel bed or something. And then the next paper is like, mayor missing. And you're just <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I don't know, like for, it's fun and it's goofy. I, I don't mind it. Um, like that part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. this movie's not bad. Like for what it is, if you, if you're going to put on a movie called deathbed, the bed, the bed that eats, I think you got to be coming in ready to watch a bed eat some people. Right. Uh, and it's got some nice images later. There's like some fires and stuff like that. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty cool. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you have anything to add about uh, Deathbed, the bed that I, eats. I remember, I think when I watched it, I don't know how good a copy I had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this movie's horrible. And uh, I then acquired it on Blu ray for sure. a movie that I thought was horrible, I bought. And mm-hmm. uh, I still need to rewatch it. So. Yeah. Maybe whenever I get that back, I guess I could make that happen. See if it, uh, I mean, I, I got to tag it and like give it a, a second look now that I'm, a, I, I realize I'm a big fan of uh, killer inanimate objects. Well, see, there you go. And see, that's why I'm watching all these movies so I can get them back. I actually put a huge dent in your movies. I'm only, by the end of the week, I'll probably only have like 10 or 15 left. Not too bad. Which, I mean, that that's still a lot of movies, but people here might not realize that's compared to like 80. <laughs> maybe not that many not but that you know many. quite a few quite a few yeah so uh you want to rattle off uh, for a while <clears throat> sure okay. all right so uh the next one up next one up for me uh it goes by reincarnation of isabel on letterboxd but okay. the redemption films blu-ray calls mm-hmm. this movie black magic rights and oh yeah this movie holy shit uh <laughs> This movie, now, is it a good movie? No. Is it, like, nonstop just, like, crazy visuals? Is it, like, perhaps, like, this, like, perfect encapsulation of, like, wild Italian cinema with about, like, satanic cults and, like, weirdo people in castles doing things that don't make any sense? And it's, Mm -hmm. like, you're never, ever bored, and they're trying to bring back this, like death goddess named Isabel who mm-hmm. died like hundreds of years ago. And everybody that's involved is reincarnated from when she initially died. And she just stands around waiting to be brought back. Yes. Mm. It's all these things. This movie is just, uh, it's a favorite of mine right now. Like I, cause I was Ooh. just like my, like, but it's like, it's not good though. It's like, it's, it's absolutely not like a very good movie, but, yeah, I follow. but it sticks with you because I was like the whole time for 90 odd minutes, 
I never lost interest. I was just like, what's happening? And then it, it would just mm-hmm. go to the next scene. You're just like, wait, <laughs> they didn't really answer that. And then they kind of do later on, but it doesn't matter because that movie, it doesn't care. It doesn't care. Mm-hmm. It's not even trying to like placate anybody's uh, sensibilities of logic. This is the sort of thing that uh, guys on YouTube make videos about plot holes. If they watched mm-hmm. this, their heads would explode. Yeah, but I mean... Because it doesn't matter. This movie's like, nah, it's all about the visuals, baby. And yeah. uh, not in that contemporary way that a movie in 2019 would be like, it's about the visuals. It'd be like, ugh. It, it just would be unappealing. This, though, feels really authentic. And uh, it didn't feel like they were trying to do that. They were just like throwing this mess of a movie together. And they came up with something kind of, uh, kind of beautiful. Is that how people describe our podcast, Jarrett? Yeah. Kind of beautiful, but a mess of things that came together for some reason. Sure. Well, I mean, are you, so is this a a hot recommend from you, Jarrett? I would definitely say people should check this one out and see if it hits them the same way. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've been known to hit things in a certain way, so maybe I'll try. I followed this up with a movie that I've been trying to watch for a really long time called The uh-huh. Blood Spattered Bride. Okay. Uh, I remember watching this like maybe the first 10 minutes, like six, seven years ago. And just like, mm-hmm. this is not what I signed up for. This Spanish movie that like mm-hmm. it's about this girl getting married to this guy. And as soon as they like get to their bridal room, this man with like uh, nylon over his face, like, just pops out and rapes her. I'm like, what the? F-? Like, I, I didn't want this. And then uh, I think I might have had it on while I was doing other things. And I looked up, and suddenly they're in a room filled with birds. And I'm like, what is this shit? And I just stopped watching. So watching birds it, are cool. Watching it now, it makes a lot more. It makes more sense. It's a movie. Um, some people really, really like this. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. It kind of fits into the. Uh, the, the the vampire mythos of like Carmela, I don't know if you're aware of that. It's like Carmelo like, Anthony. I don't know what that is. Uh, okay, so like, but a uh, vampire. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. The, the, fu- yeah. the future Criterion movie we'll be talking about. It's like it's this one. I don't know, 18th century novel. It's kind of kicking around the same time, uh, maybe 19th century, as like Bram Stoker's Dracula, early vampire literature about like mm. it's basically where uh your lesbian vampire stream comes out of this hits on that except it's spanish rather than british or europe or uh italian or something like that mm. the movie starts off like the first half you think it's about this woman who's just got married to this abusive man and the whole time it's setting up this guy's a piece of shit and mm-hmm. you can't wait till he dies you're just waiting for it and then this like woman that looks a lot like this 200 year old long dead woman appears and it's like hmm <laughs> mysterious i wonder where who she really is and uh sure enough yep that's how it plays out but mm-hmm. as soon as the bride gets turned we're supposed to suddenly start having sympathy for the abusive husband who's like a real creep. And cause he's, do the, you? Cause, no, I don't think, okay. I, I don't think you do at all, but the movie mm-hmm. seems very confused by this because it's like, well, now she's the villain because now she's a vampire and she's killing people. You're like, yeah, but it's kind of only annoying cause she hasn't killed her husband yet. But yeah. And then it, it kind of just, she starts taking out people. Uh, oh yeah. There's some nice live, uh, 
action of them just fucking gunning down a fox that's a <laughs> trap that that was real uh good i was just like ah good oh just like real life gunning down foxes oh. fox hunt style yeah just one that's in a mm. trap and then they just shoot it dead and you're like yeah cool and uh just just you know sprinkled in there that's nothing mm-hmm. though rj that's nothing so this movie though it ends on like just the most like bizarre dark ending i'm just mm-hmm. i'm just spoiling movies left and right here okay so go for it so this movie ends so our, our heroic abusive husband he's tracked down his turned vampire wife with her like 200 year old lover now Mm-hmm. He finds them in a casket together, naked, in an embrace. And then he mm-hmm. puts the lid back on, and he just shoots the shit out of that casket, and blood just is pouring out of it. He's murdered them. And then this, like, young girl that's kind of like a niece, I guess, that's been hanging around, she's also become, like, a, a thrall, uh, a servant, I guess, to Carmela. And mm-hmm. she comes in, and she's just, like, kind of, like, concedes her own life and saying, like, well... You might as well kill me too. And just like drops down to her knees, gives up her back of her neck and he just guns her down. And, uh, okay. but she makes some, a comment about how like they're, they're going to, they'll come back. And so he kills them and then they cut, they, no, they don't cut. They keep going with the scene and he like goes back to the casket lid. He takes mm-hmm. it off and he pulls out this like hunting knife <laughs> and he just like starts taking the knife right to her one of their breasts and the what it, now her breasts with the knife and then okay. it then it cuts to a newspaper headline like spiraling out talking about how a man uh murdered three women and cut out their hearts this <laughs> is like oh <laughs> well that's this <laughs> is like like okay I, I guess like they got their revenge because he's going to jail <laughs> but uh, um What's up with all the spinning newspapers? I don't know. It's a, in movies this week. It's a, it's a thing. People love the spinning newspaper. So did the ending girl. make up for the movie? Are it, you a big I, fan I, now? No, <laughs> I, I I like the movie. It's really well made, mm-hmm. but I, I really did have a problem with. I I didn't feel that the change of tune as far as like what we were being led to believe. Like oh, because like no, the husband's like awful. Like he's. Mm-hmm. borderline raping her at times. And uh, then suddenly, oh, he's a good guy because he's a human. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how this works. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean movie, for some people, it, it probably it's, is it's, how it works. It seemed conflicted to me. Uh, I but, got you. But this kind of kicked off my uh, run of watching vampire movies. Uh, the, okay. the next one I watched was a much more lighter Mexican movie called El Vampiro. Kind of uh, the first real like production in Mexico, I guess, about vampires. They were doing stuff all along. They have like the Curse of the Crying Woman and stuff like that. It's not like this is mm-hmm. like new territory, but this was kind of their like because you know you know we all know about Spanish Dracula. Oh, I've heard everyone everyone claims that it's better than normal Dra- normal Dracula. Yeah, but the key there is normal Dracula is not very good at all. Yeah, I mean, people are pretty down on Dracula. I think Dracula's fine. No. And I'm pretty sure I watched the Spanish version too and I was like, also fine. Yeah. It's you like know? slightly more fine, but that's about it. Yeah. But it's not this uh, great masterpiece by any means. But El mm-hmm. Vampiro, neither is it is also not a masterpiece. It is okay. fine. Um, so also fine? It is fine. 
Okay. Uh, sometimes this uh, so this one follows again. It's been uh, it's been weeks and many many movies ago. Let's see. Let's read a synopsis again. Refresh my memory. A, pr- a pretty young Mexican girl returns to her hometown to make funeral arrangements for her beloved mm-hmm. aunt who has just died. Soon oh, she begins to hear disturbing stories about the town being infested by vampires, and she eventually begins to suspect that her remaining aunt and the mysterious next-door neighbor may be involved. So it kind of like sounds like Fright Night in some ways. But yeah, a little bit, but not. So apparently, uh, the uh, the vampire in this, you know, your your Doctor Acula type. <laughs> oh yeah, he uh, he's got he's got a brother vampire who did die, mm-hmm. and he's trying to bring him back on his hundredth anniversary because that's how vampires work. And so mm-hmm. he's uh, shipped some Hungarian dirt into Mexico to rebury him, and then there's going to be a whole to do and like they're going to kill a particular woman at a particular time to transfer souls blah 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 and the one guy he keeps saying that he's like a, a salesman he's actually a vampire hunter kind of it's foggy for me it's a harmless saturday afternoon type of movie saturday morning actually because mm-hmm. it's not particularly shocking or even horrific other than it has vampires this is where the uh instagram post i did about the, the fat shaming came from where there's like perfectly oh, fine, yeah. this perfectly fine man. He's just, uh, you know, standing by his coach. And then these two people from afar, wow, look at that ugly man. Yeah. Yeah. He's very unattractive. It's like, what? You say that like you don't do that in uh, real life all the time. Every time I'm with Jared, he's always like, look at this ugly fat fuck. And I'll be like, whoa, Jared, you got to be considerate of other people's needs. And he's like, I don't give a shit. And then he'll like, flick a cigarette butt at some kid's face Mm -hmm. yeah so you uh you weren't down with the fat shaming huh no i laughed because yeah (laughs) it was just like wow it's so cruel this is from from out of nowhere Hmm. but uh nothing will stand up though like the 1970 film jonathan that i watched which I like these. I like to check out these European horror movies. These deep sure. cuts, movies that like nobody can watch. You have to like mm-hmm. look online, dig them up. It's got this great poster, this great mm-hmm. black and red poster, and it's like, what the hell is this all about? You read the synopsis. I'm gonna read it too because it sounds mm-hmm. amazing. A group of vampires terrorize a small village on the German North Sea coast. Does that sound mm-hmm. ma- like magical? Yeah, sounds the, cool. The young Jonathan joins a group of fellow students and locals who plan an uprising against the vampires. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, like it does sound good. So this movie is gorgeous to watch. Like it, mm-hmm. it it's such a nice looking movie. Um, it reminds me, it's West German, and it's, it shouldn't be a surprise, I guess, that it reminds me of Werner Herzog's movies from the same period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, the the world that he's filming in looks the same. The camera equipment's probably the same. The film stock, all of that. So I'm, like, all on board with this. Lots of, like, moving cameras, panning back and forth. The camera's always moving. Mm-hmm. It's got these really cool visuals of, I don't know if the, the there's, just like, this huge mob of, like, flower girls who just follow mm-hmm. around this one woman, and they're just, like... They're, they seem so innocent, but there's something really menacing about them because they, they just always appear at the worst times and they do little dances and they don't do anything men, like overtly menacing. They're just there mm-hmm. setting the thing, being like, uh oh, if they're around, so is this. And why are they there? Why are they doing anything else? So the movie's got these really obvious Nazi overtones 
that uh, mm-hmm. the, like the Dracula in this, he he yells and shouts in German, and uh, there's like a lot of the you know trappings of fascism to this like vampire mm-hmm. gang that's terrorizing the town. They just show up, they throw people through windows and take mm-hmm. what they want. They turn people, they kill them in the their like castle's backyards without any fear of uh, reprisal, and mm-hmm. it's all about this attempt to stop this this menace and there's tortures and stuff like that. But I was like really kind of enjoying this movie, RJ until a a, a particular scene comes about where our protagonist, Mm -hmm. he's been captured by the, the Nazi vampires. He's being drugged down to the dungeon. And then I spy in the corner of my eye. Oh, there's a rat. There's just a Mm -hmm. rat hanging out. And like one of the like Nazi vampire goons, he like grabs the rat and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what's he going to do with that rat? He takes that rat. He just spikes it to the ground. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the rat's, like, going to scurry off. It's like, oh, he's fine. He's a rat. He, he's They're, they're like, pretty hardy uh, little creatures. Sure. But then this guy proceeds to stomp the rat to death. And this yeah. is just, like, happening, like, in the tableau of the shot. Because, like, the main thing is these guys are, like, chaining up the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. But like no, my attention's full on like oh, what what what's going on over there? Uh-huh. And uh yeah, I was uh not uh that ru- that ruined the movie for me basically. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh that would ruin the movie for me too. So So cuz you... I, I kept thinking about it the rest of the time being like mm-hmm. they, that really why did they do that? <laughs> cuz it's like why it's, would you well, do that? Because up to this okay, the other thing too is throughout the movie, like this movie's going for that like uh pastoral like people living in a village thing mm-hmm. like it, fe- it feels like a D adventure to me like but like it feels very realistic there's like mm-hmm. livestock all over this movie there's chickens and cows and but then there's also dead chickens and cows because mm. but you're, and you're kind of like oh how did they how did those things get dead is that a sleeping horse? And I'm just like, at the time, I'm like, well, they don't linger on it enough, and you don't see it actually happen, so you can't say one mm-hmm. way or another what's what's actually happened. But then you see the rat scene, and it's just like, oh, my, see, you know, my word. But, uh, you, yeah. Usually, I'm the one who has an issue for this, well, with this, this stuff. This one, though, it, it, it crossed the line, even for yes. me. I was kind of like, you know, Fox is getting shot. It's like, ugh, that's mm-hmm. cool. And uh, I think the one recently talking about uh, uh, Penelope Spheris' uh, suburbia with the dogs, like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we have to simulate them being shot. So we're going to use this trip line. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? So, mm-hmm. but this, though, is just like, wow, that is just awful. And uh, yep. I find it surprising that, you know, nobody talks about it. But, like, very few people watch this. It seems like the people who do, this doesn't bother them that much but i was like uh and also uh my cat was laying on me at the time you know yeah and when you're petting your furry little creature and you're watching a furry little creature getting uh killed mm-hmm. stomped to death it's kind of like yeah i, I could have done without that well and even like uh, yeah i i mean i'm glad that you appreciate it even the I, monster that is jared duncan yes and uh, it's like the thing, too. It's like some people are like, well, it's just a rat. And it's like, yeah, but that's not really a, a good enough reason, you guys. And plus, like I've said many times, rats are like one of the best. And they're also 
I don't know. Rats are smarter than cats and dogs. So if you really want to get into semantics here, it'd be like, I don't know. I don't know, man. If, if you, that, sound, if, that if sounds that, bad. If, if that never happened, the movie would yep. be fine. <laughs> like, yep. I'd be so like, what I, was I, the name I, of this one again? Jonathan. Jo- oh, so that's why you told me not to get into yeah. that Jonathan. Uh, oh, business. yeah, because you had you had uh, said, "Hey, I want to check that yep. out. It's got a cool poster." Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes. "Oh, RJ, this is a movie you should never lay eyes on." But like, gotcha. and it's so frustrating because so much going for it as far as like this mm-hmm. kind of like interesting movie. Like, I think redemption films should. should I mean, I still even at this point think they should release it on Blu-ray. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just so stupid. Yes, I agree. That so, sounds horrible. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad you told me. Yeah, it's pretty. It's uh, it's up there. It's one of the worst things I've seen. Uh, cause, yeah. Yeah, and I've watched fucking Cannibal Holocaust. I, mm, <laughs> but see, it, you, but the, the I don't know. It's but it's like <laughs> turtles. <laughs> it's like uh, that monkey. Well, that, that that monkey. I at least they ate it. Like they were doing it to eat them or whatever. And I, and, and I know for, that's and for really the argument. Th- there. This though, this is just like. There was no point other than be like, see, they're Nazis because they're bad. And you're like, I know. Like, I've been watching the movie. They're bad. They're they're the bad people. They're doing bad things to bad people. It's like, ah, let's put it over the edge. Here, dude, take this rat and do something with it. It's just like, ugh. I don't know. Maybe that uh, actor was ad-libbing and it just went got out of hand. Who knows? Maybe he's it's... the real monster. Yeah, probably is. I bet that dude did that and they kept rolling. And then when it was done, they were kind of like, uh... <laughs> Craig, uh, Zah, Zah. <laughs> uh, yeah, do, I don't do know. it again. Dude, you want me to do it again? I, um, yeah, I need another rat. See, I, I won't, I won't chime in too much because my, my opinion has been made aware many times, but mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds, that sounds shitty. Yeah. You know, that's too bad. Well, uh, I'll hand it back to you. <sighs> okay. So we can go from, uh, throwing rats to, um, throwing women okay you ever heard of ghostland jared from pascal loguilla uh i hadn't really heard of it but i did know it's got two titles yes i I know this is on shutter and i know that you've seen it that's from the director of martyrs yes and i noticed that you used the hashtag problematic yes (laughs) which is uh i think the first a first uh i do find this movie problematic for i mean a few reasons uh so i don't know what do you know about this thing nothing Nothing? well other than i looked it up and then i went oh but i don't know like i i was like trying to find something what what's rg talking about then i went oh so we continue on i don't i really don't know anything about it so yeah this is from the guy who did martyrs and it does have like I don't think it has a martyrs level twist because martyrs like every 15, 20 minutes, the movie like becomes more complex and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, this thing just has like one big one, I guess. And it's like it's pretty fast, actually. I'd say it's like 20 minutes in where the movie plays out. I'll, I'll tell you the intro and then I won't tell you what happens after there. Like, I think you'll figure it out anyways, but just in case other people because this movie only came out a year ago. So you have this family, this single mom and two teen daughters, and they like they inherit a farmhouse from an aunt or some someone. Uh, so they go to move in. And the night that they move in, they're kind of walking around the house and they're like this house is fucking weird. And it's like, yeah, this is. And there's like 
They're like, who is living here? There's a lot of weird stuff in this place. And they're like, yeah, it is. And then two people come, Jarrett, while these young ladies are moving into the house. You have, and this, this is the problematic part. The two men who are the aggressors in this movie, one of them is a hard R. Uh, I'll just say that he has, he has mental disabilities. Special uh, little guy. He's a special guy, but he's the very stereotypical special guy who's also like eight feet tall mm-hmm. and like can move cars with one yeah, hand. Yeah. So he he's the heavy. He's the muscle. Yeah. The dumb-witted muscle. Uh, and then the other of the men is a cross-dresser, transvestite, and they are your uh, they are your bad guys for this evening. So it's problematic in the sense where. I don't actually feel like it's like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But uh, when I was watching this, I was like, I don't know if uh, this current society and culture are going to be on board with uh, these two, uh, this ragtag team of bad guys, <laughs> the uh, the dumb, like special needs, huge guy. And then the transvestite crossdresser, you know, you know what I mean, Jerry? you know, so it, it didn't really bother me that much, but uh, I can see it being an issue with other people. So anyways, these two guys come into the house. A uh, big guy basically uh, comes in, starts raping. Uh, weird guy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> weird guy. Yeah, wow, okay. So okay. weird guy comes in and he is like, he's kind of like obsessed with the girls because like the cover is kind of like a doll face. So you get the impression that like the cross-dressing guy wants to be a woman and he he lives this out by like finding women like putting so makeup is, on is, them so and is, stuff. Is this a, uh, like a trans woman or is this like a Buffalo bill type of situation? It's hard to say because you don't actually, that dude doesn't uh, like get shown very much. You do like you see him, but like, I don't know. He, I don't know if he even has lines in this movie. So it's like his intentions a little different. Like I, the impression I got was that he just loved dolls. And he just wanted to be a doll. But I think that like after it, because I didn't look into this movie at all. I, I've learned not to do that with this guy. But after I watched it, I just quickly scanned like the first page. And that was the kind of stuff I was picking up from other people. So I was like, maybe he's trans. Maybe he's I think he just really liked dolls, man. And he just wanted to be a doll. <laughs> so I don't think that had really anything to do with sexuality. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but who I, I I'm not an authority on this. No, I can't cl- clearly, sure. clearly not, clearly not, yeah. RJ. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I, know. I, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't even know if. <laughs> well, one yeah. day you will, because I, 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 I do I, recommend I, watching it. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. So okay. So here, those guys come. They start like raping, and like uh, other dude like wants to dress up as a doll and stuff, right? And then you jump to like. 20 years in the future and they're grown up and a daughter that got raped is like what so they still live in the house and then the daughter that got raped is like very unstable and like um is just living ptsd all the time and daughter who didn't get raped is like a famous author now Mm -hmm. and then they and then she comes back to the house and then you get um then you get your twist Oh, 
So like it's kind of like I said, I don't think it's like the I don't think it's actually the biggest twist, and it happens really fast. It's like twenty minutes in, so I don't think it, so all, it, all all of what you've talked about is yeah. like the first twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's like, all like the first twenty minutes. Into- so <laughs> so here here's the thing that I'll say. I think this movie is actually pretty good. It's very what? tense. <laughs> really? Like, well, it not like. I don't think this is like a slam dunk movie or anything like that. I think it's a good movie because it's tense. And I think this dude is like pretty effective in the way he, the way he makes the movies like keep me guessing kind of, if that makes sense. Like, I think you figure it out eventually. And there's, like I said, it is problematic, especially with other things that you get into later in the movie, you're like, oh, uh, his movies make me uncomfortable, and I think that's kind of like, like what one brand of horror is supposed to do. Uh, it's not. I can't be completely on board with uh, a lot of all the stuff that happens in this movie, but I didn't think it was bad, man. I thought it was good. Hmm. I recommend you watch it. <laughs> it is like it, it's got that classic. Uh, pascal Lagorier stuff where you're like oh things are looking up and then oh everything sucks again like always Mm. not great so i don't know like i don't think it's um it's not like martyrs like i don't feel like he's trying to cash in on martyr stuff but i don't know man are you interested in ghostland not really it seems because of the problematic uh, issues i don't know it I, I've never seen a trailer for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be good. Your description doesn't make it sound good to me. Oh, no? You didn't like that first 20 minutes? I It, it sounds like a mess. It sounds like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, not on, it's not on the top of my watch list. That's for sure. I could tell you what happens. Like, I honestly don't think it's that big of a spoiler because it's 20 yeah. minutes in. If you're I, interested. Uh, well, you can tell me off air, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like... My thing is, I think it was good because it it's suspenseful and it makes you uncomfortable a little bit, but not in like not in like throwing rats kind of way. It is gross. Like all the rape stuff is weird. So really, <laughs> yeah. But it's I don't know. It's not martyrs, but it's okay. Hmm. You follow, well, man. I, I follow. Yeah. Do you want to hear about anything else, or uh, should sure. I just end it forever? Do you want to hear about Halloween is Grinch night? Have you ever heard of this fucking thing? because mm, I, 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 you logged it I I, probably, so, I would have probably watched this when I was like a kid so the only reason I watched this was because I was trying to beef my numbers up a little bit yeah and uh, they're like oh there's a Grinch that You're takes just, place uh, on Halloween yeah juking the stats juking the stats man and I was like oh really I'll watch that I'll throw that thing on it's kind of strange it like uh, it has things that seem like they were used in the Grinch but repurposed a little bit uh, and then it also like this thing kind of seems like some kind of weird uh, Mormon like I don't even know man like everyone's name is like Yurikaira and Ezekiel and they're talking about like all these like kind of vaguely religious things and you're like what are, like what's going on here and the way that they talk it's it's it, like it. I, I don't know. It's not written by Dr. Seuss. I'll tell you that much. I don't know who wrote this fucking thing. Um, and then it gets into weird stuff like it's kind of like 70s animated LSD movies where like I think this was made for people to trip out on. 
the animation is cool. You'll have things like wheels that have arms and they're like moving around and stuff like that. The story itself is like there, there's no story. It's the day before Halloween, the Grinch comes and like shits on people. This one, he's also like super, super mean to his dog, Max. Uh, like I know he's mean in the, the normal Grinch, but in this one, they give them the dog like a uh, inner voice. And it's just like he's like, I don't know why I stay with my owner when he abuses me and calls me bad names and hits me. It's like, I guess life's not fair. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> you're like that's fucking dark for uh, this like Halloween Grinch movie. Yeah, See, you get like stuff <laughs> like that. And the main story is about like some kid like. I don't know, trying to find a monster or something like that. It it's a strange thing, Jarrett. It's strange. What do you what do you do in this Halloween? What are you doing over there? Me? I don't these movies with like special needs and trans villains and abused dogs. I don't know if he was trans. I think he maybe just really liked dolls. But again, like I don't know, maybe am I am I just naive? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. You you watch it and you tell me what happened. It, it, you know what it kind of reminded me of was your favorite movie, High Tension, the movie that I absolutely hated, but it's got similar vibes. Mm. You you look completely stunned. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah, fine. Sure. You, you just be stunned. You can take it over from here if you want. Mm. Yeah, okay. So uh, I, I watched a Hammer Horror movie. Which one? Scars of Dracula. Ooh, nice. It is uh, a Hammer Horror vampire movie. Sure it is. It's, it's the continuation of the uh, Hammer vampire Dracula stuff with Christopher Lee. He's doing stuff. He's messing people up. And this mm-hmm. one is based on the fact that I haven't watched one of these in like five years this one seemed yep. better than the last one. It had some good gore, some good effects. Um, Which one was this? Scars? Scars of Dracula, yeah. Is this the one that I liked a lot? Is this the disco one? No, that's uh, 1972. This one's still, oh, okay. this one's still the period piece, not the one where he uh, gets brought to the, the future of 1972. That's next. That, that's awesome. So I, I did watch the one. At, if you want, I did watch Satanic Rites of Dracula after you're done talking about Scars sure. of Dracula, but that's up yeah. to you. Uh, you know, yeah. you, yeah, you could jump, jump in at that point. So, yeah, Scars it, of Dracula. Like I said, be, like these hammer horrors, they don't – other than the original hammer mm-hmm. uh, horror of Dracula, that one I think is actually a really cool adventure, pulpy yep. Dracula thing. And after that, it's just diminishing – returns like they never really get much better than that actually i always remember being so disappointed by dracula prince of darkness because it's got like Mm -hmm. the best Mm -hmm. title that's such a good title Mm -hmm. and it's like probably the worst one because it's the one where he doesn't talk yeah so this one's uh dracula's a bit of a bit of a thicker boy he seems like christopher lee was uh he was hitting catering so it was Mm. very like his like very his face seems a lot rounder than uh when he's saruman (laughs) Uh, later mm-hmm. in his life, older. So uh, it was kind of like, uh, I, I kind of laughed at that. I, at this point, again, uh, it's foggy. These movies, they blur when these British movies are kind of doing this Germanic uh, set dressing with the, the mm-hmm. German-style houses, and everyone's got, like, German names, but they're all English as hell. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember too much about it, to be told, truth be told, but I remember being like, oh, there's some good gore. Oh, yeah, there's lots of cleavage shots. 
that's another Ooh, thing that, that that's a that seemed to be a thing that this movie really cranked up was just like all these all these young women just like bowing down giving out beers giving out food and it's just like the camera just like holds on their breasts and mm. it's just like wow they're just tasteful yeah uh, it's very very subtle but yeah i was just like oh yeah so this is the one of blood and boobs mm. that that's maybe the birth of that and it's just gotten uh worse from there so. like me and then you saw satanic rites the yeah. the last christopher lee dracula oh is it so yeah. i'm done now well there is the Shit. uh the kung fu one. Oh yeah i'll watch that for sure yeah uh, I've just been making my way. I do one a year. Um, the last one, Night Dracula in 1972. I thought that one was really cool. I don't know if other people will agree with me. So I watched the Satanic Rites of Dracula, Jared. And remember how you really like cult movies, but then cult movies aren't... You really like the idea of cult movies, but they never actually make good on that promise? Yes. This movie's kind of like that. Yeah. So there's like a cult, and it's kind of like... I was a little like unclear of what their intentions were because I was like, what are they doing? Like, what is the purpose of this thing? And then I think it casually gets dropped later. It's like, they're trying to like do bad stuff to everyone. And you're like, what? It's broad. Okay. But on the side, so you have that. And then on the side you have like a, a real estate tycoon, like running around a muck on stuff. And the police are looking for him, and then they call in Van Helsing. How, how does Peter how Cushing. does a real estate agent run amok? Well, it's kind of like the properties that he owns are the ones where these cults are like coming into play, and so, and I think he was like, I don't know, tax fraud or some shit. So like, the British police are like, we got to get that guy. <laughs> and like, it sounds like a lot of stuff. It's not. But it does come to be like, it's too much stuff in this. Because even when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if they need all this junk in here. So you get that. And then, I mean, you can have two guesses as to who the evil real estate tycoon is. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, the eighth, 18th reincarnation of Van Helsing, Peter Cushing comes and uh, he does his thing. He's looking tired in this one. Uh, this one was not great. Um, I did, like, there was... I like the 70s thing. Like, you, you talk about all the time how you like 70s movies. And the music is cool. And I like the way that it's filmed. And it's always, like, dudes, like, bobbing around. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then you get, like, a bunch of Dracula's brides. They're, like, chained up in a basement. And you're like, ooh, that's spooky. It's It's got cool parts, but it's, it's, it's like you said. It's just this Hammer movie. It's nothing. Yeah. They're, like, they, not they, special. Yeah, the... the... There's like just like Universal, there's a there's a lot yeah. of mythology around the the quality of these things. Mm-hmm. I think they're fun when you're a kid, but yeah, when you watch them as an adult and there's like seven of these things, and you're like, yeah, they kind of just do the same thing over and over again, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what I, 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 was the real estate agent's name like Al U Card? No, it was it was <laughs> it was just Dracula. No, nah. it it was just straight because oh, Peter Cushing goes in and he goes, wait a minute. You're Dracula. And like that, that's it. You got me. He's like, yes. The letterbox says that it it was like Dracula is tired of being alive. So the cult is there to destroy the entire world. Hmm. And I never really got that. Maybe I missed it. I was paying attention mostly. I don't know. It's if you were going to watch any of them, I would recommend 
Dracula nineteen seventy two. That movie's pretty cool. That movie's pretty cool, Jer. Cool. Well, that's yeah. that's next for me. Yeah. Well, I, you're gonna year. you're not gonna like it, probably because <laughs> I like it so much. Not not that you don't like what I like, but you know that's just how it works. <laughs> you can be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm be like, "I don't know. I I thought it was fun." Yeah. I watched this movie called Destroyer that has mm-hmm. an awesome movie poster. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. That was in my list like last year. I could never find it though. Yeah. Well, I, uh, the Blu-ray two-pack with this and uh, the, the other movie I watched right after, Edge of Sanity, just went out of print from Scream Factory. So mm. I picked it up before it disappeared just to mm. uh, say, hey, because I, I, I love that poster of Destroyer, even though I've heard it's not yeah. very good and it turns out to be correct. Uh, yeah. So Destroyer, it is about this giant like muscle-bound man who's just like an unrepentant murderer, killing mm. children, women, men, dogs, everything. Oh. He doesn't actually kill a dog in this. Oh, okay. Um, but maybe. No, he doesn't. He just kills everybody, mm. though. And uh, he gets, he's executed. And then after he's executed, something happens at the prison. And mm-hmm. there was a riot. And now the prison's closed. But now there's some... Uh, sleazy director played by anthony perkins he's shooting mm-hmm. a women in prison movie in mm. the uh in the closed off part of the prison with uh some b actors and this the young the protagonist of the movie is this screenwriter with his girlfriend who is a stunt woman doing stunts for mm-hmm. the the whip movie mm-hmm. and of course one thing leads to another and there's like this old janitor who's like hanging around like still cleaning up the jail but it turns mm-hmm. out He's the father of destroyer, I guess, of the uh, murder of the murderer who actually wasn't totally executed. He was just like partially executed, and so he's been alive and waiting mm-hmm. for his opportunity to strike. And now they're just running around, killing people, drilling people to death, just mayhem. RJ, what do you mean by drilling people to death? Well, like, li- like literally a jackhammer. Literally, there's a jackhammer uh-huh. being used to, like, break up some brick walls, and he uh-huh. takes that, and he just puts it through somebody. But we don't even get that, really. It's like he gets stabbed. The guy gets stabbed mm-hmm. with a jackhammer. And he's like, ah, ah. Uh, one man's set on fire inside of a toilet stall. Cool. Um, someone's, a guy is hung to death. Someone, mm-hmm. is, someone is, in fact, electrocuted, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. That, that sort of thing. Uh, there, it's a very boring slasher film on the whole. There is nothing to recommend it, uh, other than the poster. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't play to the strengths of having this like ridiculously muscle bound man doing stuff. He barely shows up until like halfway through. And then yeah. when he shows up, he just ha 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 laughs. And what else is he going to do? You know, flex. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like sell something like, like so this guy no sells all all of his uh, afflictions and it just kind of goes on and on not nothing too great but uh, mm. followed this up I uh, was watching this on a Saturday night with Corey and Bryant watched mm-hmm. Edge of Sanity also starring but well, this one actually starring Anthony Perkins and mm. this is a, a an I guess an adaptation. I get to know what it is. It's an adaptation of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, or okay. Doctor Jekyll, as the kids like mm. to say. I mean, that's like a. I feel like that's a Frankenstein, Frankenstein monsters thing. If you say Jekyll, I'm pretty sure it's it's fine. It's fine. It is fine. So 
this movie though has a little tinges though of Ken Russell uh, filmmaking, but it's like mm. the exaggerated crazy Ken Russell from like Tommy rather than Devil's Ken Russell. Right. So it starts off like you know, Anthony Perkins is Doctor Jekyll, and but so he's working on his serum, but mm-hmm. his serum in this it's just cocaine. <laughs> That's it. He, he's testing. Uh, well, I mean that it worked for Nick Cage. Did it? Well, I mean it worked for Whoopi Goldberg. Did it? So he's doing. Mm. So he's doing coke, and he's using it uh, for medicinal reasons. He's doing cool. experiments, uh, using it as a anesthetic. Uh, to put people so they're numbing stuff so they can do like eye surgeries and whatnot. And then he's got a monkey that he's just feeding cocaine. And this monkey's eating up this cocaine because mm. cocaine's so great. And then yeah. uh, and then the monkey like gets all coked up in his cage and he's like ca- ca- having a fit. And then he knocks over this like chemical that like creates this uh, reaction where it's just now uh, freebasing essentially. And Anthony Perkins okay. gets a big face full of this stuff. And now. He's turning into Mr. Hyde because of Coke. And the whole movie is him like having his little uh, Coke spoon and just mm. doing, doing bumps. And uh, when he does this, his hair completely changes. And he kind of turns into a like like 1980s new wave kid mm-hmm. <laughs> like wearing like baggy clothes. And then the movie also shifts because it's a period piece up to this point, like, you know, 19th century. And mm-hmm. then suddenly he's like walking down the street and he's seeing like, how like club kids in the 1980s are dressing and he's going to these like crazy brothels and like weird sex clubs. And then uh, he seems to be hitting it off with the ladies, even though, you know, at the end of the day, it's still Anthony Perkins uh, who like (laughs) at this point in his life, he is dying of AIDS. So he is like, he, he was always a very thin man, but here he's also like pale white and just like skin and bones I, and I didn't even know that about Anthony Perkins. That's that what that's actually what he died of was complications I was say. of of HIV and then AIDS. Yeah. But oh yeah, and so we've talked about Oz Perkins, his son. So cuz like mm-hmm. so Anthony Perkins basically lived like the like a homosexual lifestyle for a long okay. time and then he met his wife and had uh-huh. his, his two sons, Elvis and Oz, and then he dies of complications with HIV. And then his wife, Oz Perkins' mother, she's on one of the planes that's used in the 9-11 attacks. My God. <laughs> I, I did not know any of this until watching Edge of Sanity and being, what whatever happened to Anthony Perkins? Actually, Corey was looking that up. and then Or he mentioned something about that. And I went, really? And I looked up and I went, oh. And then his, then his wife died that way. That, that's terrible. And nobody talks about this. <laughs> Oh my so, god! So, that poor, so, poor man. So back to Edge of Sanity. So uh-huh. this movie's wacky. Uh, I really enjoyed sure. watching it. It is. I, I think it might try your patience because it's. Uh, I, I'm not sure you haven't really watched a lot of uh, Ken Russell stuff, so I don't know what your gauge is on mm. how he shoots stuff. It's kind of uh, extravagant, a little indulgent. Sure. I think uh, I think it'd be fair to say Ken Russell is an indulgent filmmaker, and this movie isn't a Ken Russell movie. It's directed by a guy who's doing a Ken Russell impersonation, and he's doing mm-hmm. it, and doing a pretty good job of it. The guy who directed this, he basically just made like adult movies, adult movies, and, but then he made this movie like, and it's like this is like really well shot and like not too bad. Like this is one of the better movies I think I've seen all month. That's still kind of stuck with me. 
So mm-hmm. that so yeah, Destroyer stunk, but Edge of Sanity was uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I'm still just kind of reeling from uh, these all revelations. That stuff you said, yeah, <laughs> I know. I didn't know any of that shit, and it's Me, like I, I didn't really either. It's like one, that's a bummer for Anthony Perkins. Two, that's a bummer for Mrs. Perkins. Three, that's a pretty big bummer for Oz and Elvis Perkins. No. Nope. Plus, I didn't know that the other Perkins, there was another, I didn't know that there was another one, and that his name was Elvis. Mm-hmm. All these things, they're blowing my mind, man. Yeah. So, you want to hear about a movie called uh, Black yeah. Candles? Uh, yeah, because I had this in my list at one point. You did. And then you probably saw that I gave it two stars. Yep. And this movie's got an awesome poster, much like yes. Destroyer. Uh-huh. Do you want to know what Black Candles is about? <laughs> I mean, I'm here, aren't I? All right. So, Black Candles. Uh-huh. I, I, I barely can even begin to describe it because all I remember is like one real scene. But... It's like this husband and wife, they move back home because their sister-in-law's husband died suddenly. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like being shown all these flashbacks of the weird tensions with this family. Like it seemed like everybody was having sex with the person they weren't supposed to be having sex with. And boy, they are mm. showing you these sex scenes. Like we're talking like ankles over behind heads sort of like sex scenes. Oh. Jarrett style. Yeah, very, uh, very, it's like always shot like from the same angle where it's just mm-hmm. like, yep, there it is. That's exactly what this looks like. It seems very perfunctory and mm-hmm. mechanical, but they keep, sh- they keep doing it. They keep showing us these scenes with like different couplings and like a fifth person arrives. And then it's all start being like, oh, okay, it's a satanic cult again. It, mm-hmm. it seems like these deep dives of mine. That's the one mm-hmm. thing, especially 70s movies in this like right after the 70s satan's satanic occults like that's all they do that's all they knew and oh they're so boring but this one puts a twist on it rj because we we get this set up and like they're basically just flat out saying too it's like oh these are satanists there's like Mm -hmm. uh a a mario type of man he he works in the barn uh he's like kind of bitter it seems because he's not getting any of this like like hot satanist women action he feels yeah. entitled to and he's got a wife too but and she seems to be like a real trollop she she's having sex with the other guys and it's really putting him out he's like i just i just want some of this like free satan love what kind of love free satan love I'm okay just, i'm trying to get those uh new lingos over those memes so yeah sure so what one of the things that they're doing well hey we got to bring satan back to earth you know what one of the best ways of doing that we're going to get this one girl we're going to get her drugged up she's going to have sex with this goat over here in the barn uh real goat or satanic goat real goat there's a it's a so this (laughs) this did you watch something you shouldn't have watched well no no this it's more ridiculous than anything because it is it is not bestiality. I did not. I, I managed to wow. dodge that particular bullet. Mm-hmm. So this is directed by uh, the man who also worked on Vampires, a movie that I was fond of from uh, last school school. And yeah. he's also directed a movie called Symptoms that I'm also quite fond of. This seemed to be, though, a man in a rut. This seemed to be coming mm-hmm. at a point in his time where he's just like, I got to get work because this movie is artless and has like nothing going for it. But it's got sex. And we're like, hey. 
let's get people to talk about our movie. Let's have this like goat sex scene. So mm-hmm. what th- what this scene consists of is this girl, she gets kind of like brought in by the Satanist. She knows what she's in for. She's, she's got to do the good thing for Satan. She mm-hmm. lays down on this bed of hay. And then they're like getting this goat excited, like in the scene earlier. And then they bring this like, you know, Black Peter goat in. And mm-hmm. then like they just like have her laying underneath this goat. And this goat just, you know, stands there unmoving. And then she mm-hmm. just starts like writhing around underneath the goat. And and that's what that's the scene, and it goes on for like five minutes, mm-hmm. and this goat's just there, completely indifferent to the stupidity of humans. And like I don't know, and and then she's supposed to be like acting like she's like really into it, and so she's like kind of putting her face around the head of the goat and like licking her lips, and the goat's just like there, and but then they cut away to a scene where there's a guy wearing like a fucking goat like skin outfit and mm. and he's doing some uh rumpy pumpy okay. oh well white you heard me and I, uh, <laughs> so okay. and and then i just burst out laughing cuz i'm like oh my god oh and well. i was like oh my god well jer i mean i've said many times i feel like you make poor decisions i do uh i've been known to make a few myself but this movie I don't know. I'm not sure why people always have to have sex with things. I don't you know? know. I don't think everyone's all about bringing sexuality back to horror. And I feel like we need to go the other way. I brought this up last time. I think we need a hard stance to take sexuality out of life. Mm-hmm. Well, Unless I, it's soft core sexuality. We'll, we'll get there. That I'm on board with. Well, I did watch a movie later called House of Whipcord that I think reflects your worldview. The sex is bad unless it's soft core in completely well, fake i think it's about the return to like corporal and capital punishment i think oh, okay yeah i think that's your kind of worldview yeah usually usually so, yeah yeah black candles not not a recommendation okay but i mean okay the poster excellent excellent poster hmm. Hmm. yeah it does look cool yeah oh. uh what do you want to talk about i mean i could Tell you about the Devil's Wedding Night. Sure, this movie that for some reason you also wanted to borrow. I don't know why I borrow any of these fucking movies, dude. <laughs> I really don't. From Joe D'Amato, director of Beyond the Dumpness, a movie that frankly wasn't that good. Here, just wasn't that good. Oh, it's awesome. That movie's uh, awesome. What about the Devil's Wedding Night? Not, not so awesome. Very boring. Not so awesome. Not, not pretty unremarkable. Yeah, I can bum, I can burn this bad boy out pretty quick. Devil's Wedding Night, you have two dudes. One's like, I found the lost amulet of Bafuzda or some yep. some horse shit. And they're like, okay, cool. Uh, and they're like twins. And he, they're like, he's like, well, where is it? And he's like, well, it's just at this castle Dracula in you know Transylvania. No big deal. I'll just go up there and get it. And then it zooms in and goes, Duh. and you're like, okay. Okay, so you you check this out. Dude goes to the castle. It plays out in the standard Dracula fashion. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of people walking around and people standing on in like on spot, and then people walk around for a little bit, and then they kind of stand around, and then they walk around. Yep. And then they stand for a while more. How, how about that castle though? 
The castle's pretty cool. The castle's cool, and and then hey, Jerry, guess what is in this one? A satanic cult. Mm-hmm. Guess well, what they do? You know, it is called well, Devil's Wedding Night. Yeah, but I mean, by devil, it's like it's also just Dracula too. So yeah. I feel like they could have just called it like Dracula. The the <laughs> other tagline for the <laughs> Dracula, Dracula question mark Dracula. Uh, there's like all these different taglines for this, like dark desires unleash the legions of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Satan is coming. Devil's wedding night. Like, I mean, the devil and Satan and Lucifer, it's three separate names for Dracula and none of them are accurate. It's just Dracula. So like, what is it guys? Hmm. If it was Prince of Darkness, like you said, you could argue that it was Dracula, mm-hmm. but not the case. So this guy goes. Some people are vampires. Some people aren't vampires. You know the uh, the the normal rouge, the normal rube, the normal rub. You know what I'm talking about, Jer? Uh, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I mean, and then one of the brothers is there. One of them is good. One of them is bad. And you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have like, I don't even really remember this movie that much. All I know is like, when I was watching it, there was a thing and it was like Aunt Susan's Bucket of Blood Edition. And I texted you. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Or what? It was something like that. Katarina or something. Katarina's Bucket View. And it was like, watch normal version or that. And I was like. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, that's uh, that's some code red shit that I just uh-huh. just ignore it. Don't ignore anything involving Banana Man or yeah, Katarina's bucket list. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm not watching it. That's fine. I'm not gonna do it, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that movie is whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another movie that's whatever, and that is Night of the Zombies. Or oh. zombie creeping flesh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this yeah. movie's like. Uh, it's this movie's got a lot going it's on. It's got man. the it's got these little moments that are like that'd be kind of cool, but well, it's the gore so, at the end is awesome. It takes so long to get yeah. there. The gore, not even in the last like ten minutes. The gore in the like very last minute of this movie is like pretty cool. Where it's like. I don't know. There's like faces melting, people like puking up their guts. There's there's all sorts of stuff in the last like five minutes, and you're like, yeah, that's cool. Too bad it took ninety some minutes to get to that. You have like this. You have like these reporters, and they're in New Guinea yeah, in the jungle. They always are. And so they're down there, cannibal Holocaust style. And then one of the the female reporters like, don't worry, I'll handle this. And she like paints herself up, and I can only imagine something that's culturally inappropriate. And so she's running around and she's talking to the tribal people and then other people come in and then you, it shows that like the, the, the little like village is dying and it's like zombies. It's kind of weird though, because they show like, they show like real sick people. And like, I'm pretty sure one of them was like a real dead body. And I was like, this seems weird. It's like, well, maybe not a real dead body, but there's like, there's like malnourished people in this. And I was kind of like, that's a, uh, seems a little bit uh, not tasteful, you know, Jer? Because they're kind of like capitalizing on these people who have no food for their horror movie. <laughs> do you know? Do, do you know? <laughs> tell, no, tell me more. <laughs> so anyways, they're like, oh, this is bad. Uh, but then, like, at the start of the movie, it starts in, like, a nuclear power yes. plant. Yeah, and okay. there's, like, a rat that gets in some guy's suit and bites him. 
So I was kind of like, what are, I was like, where are these zombies coming from? Are they supposed to be from the nuclear power plant or are they supposed to be from this town in the jungle? And I don't, you don't really get like a, a straight answer. You have like the reporters running around and they get taken out by zombies. Like I think one of them is kind of cool. One of the deaths. And then the other ones are pretty, pretty standard fare. If you know what I mean. Does, uh, does this one have sick, the sickle zombie or is that? another one you would know what i'm talking about i guess like like a sickle like yeah. a tool yeah uh i don't remember no, i don't I, recall that must, that, that's probably from the movie that's on the the second movie on that two pack i lent you nightmare city yeah. i think yeah that... maybe it's nightmare city yeah. this thing also has a on the letterbox synopsis not to be confused with the 1981 american-made film with the same title and like even the poster and the title there's three titles for this thing yeah. zombie creeping flesh night of the zombies and virus like which one is it bruno Mattei? get it together dude well i don't think he has anything to do with that part that's just how they marketed those movies because they could get your money three times oh those cheap well it's bastards. yeah cheap american distributors just scumbagging you out of your money so this is another one that was like it's kind of like re-releasing once upon a time in hollywood and avengers endgame with deleted scenes at the end of the movie oh well fuck they did that in theater still yeah, I, I know you. You can come Did, on, come come back to the theater and check out this movie again. Midsummer, and it's that's the thing this year is uh, getting asses in seats. Yeah. Oh, you watched the movie? Did you want to watch it with thirty seconds of new footage? Like an already three hour long movie? Do you want to watch like, it? You no, you do. Well, it's, more, it's like twenty minutes for the one. It's like, oh uh, no, I'll I'll wait. Just like I have yeah. for all the special features of all my uh, Blu-rays that I never watch. <laughs> so. So silly, Jarrett. So silly. Hey, did, do you want to hear about At Midnight, I'll Take Your Soul? Sure. From Jose Mojico Marine. Uh, so I watched this movie uh, about Coffin Joe. You know about Coffin Joe, Jarrett? Yeah, I've got the Coffin Joe trilogy that the this first installment came out of. Coffin Joe's a bad dude. He is not a nice man. Coffin Joe is a bad dude, let he's, me tell he, you. He's a bit of a scamp. A little, a little scamp, a little mischievous. Yeah. So I think I caught wind of this maybe from Cine, Cinemassacre's Monster Madness yeah. like yeah. years ago. Yeah, he would have covered that way back when. Yeah, years and years ago. So I think that's where I first saw this thing. But uh, I can't even remember what my interest was in it was in it now. But So I'm watching this thing, and you got this Coffin Joe dude, and he's going around, and he is just – a huge piece of shit. Oh yeah. To every person he meets. He's so yeah. the thing that surprised me most about this is like how much <laughs> they actually get him to do in this movie cuz this movie came out in 1964. Yeah. And uh he's going around full on raping people. He's like beating up women on screen. He's he's just doing things like he's got really long fingernails mm-hmm. and some guys like you'll never get away with this coffin Joe and he's like oh yeah and he pokes out his eyes <laughs> and they like come out on his fingernails and I I was watching I was like holy fuck I was like because it's not like the craziest shit like it's not martyrs level crazy stuff but for a 1960s movie I was like I never thought I'd see a 60s horror movie where a dude was just full oh, on raping people this movie's not from America yes i'm aware now I, I i don't think i pieced that together the first half an hour i was like hey they're not speaking english <laughs> what's wrong with this dvd this dvd is all wacky hitting your uh, player 
Uh, I, I took the disc out. I kind of put it in my teeth to mm-hmm. check if it was real and then put it back in. Right. But yeah, Coffin Joe's a pretty bad dude. Like, he'll just go around. He'll go to a bar and be like, bring me food, slave. And he'll be like, wipe my butt, slave. And like, he just makes people do like crazy shit like that. And then if they don't do it, he just beats them up. Yeah. And then the one time someone stands up to him, he's like, you know what, Coffin Joe, we're not going to put up with your shit anymore, man. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he like breaks a bottle and starts like killing people. He's like, are you going to put up with me now? It's also kind of hilarious because Coffin Joe just wants to have a son. So he keeps raping women until <laughs> one of them gets pregnant. But like the way he the funny part, it's not him raping people. But the funny part is that when he's like monologuing in between things, he's like, I just want a son. He's like, I he's like, if you can't pass on your heritage, you're nothing. And it's like this kind of his message compared to what he's doing. You're like, huh. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, Coffin Joe's a bad dude, dude. Yeah. There's like some mysticism in there a little bit. Yeah. Nothing wild, but you know, the good kind of like, there's a little, uh, a little bit in there. Just a little taste for you. Hmm. Just a little taste here. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it. I thought it was okay. Some people really, yeah, really, fine. really like it, but I mean, it gets kind of repetitive. <laughs> yeah, well... Like, it's every five minutes he'll go and someone will be like, stop it, Coffin Joe. And he'll go, no. Yeah. And they'll just beat him up. Yeah. So you're like, okay. Yeah. So there's four of these in total, I believe. Oh, really? What are what are the uh, – if in this first one it gets repetitive, what are the other three? About? Well, I think the second one I remember liking more. Hold up. Hold up. I'm trying to try – because they all have these, like, very uh, poetic titles. Yeah. Maybe I should type in Coffin Joe and not Coffin Boy. Coffin Boy? Coffin that'd Boy. Be a, that'd be a cool name for a sidekick. The Strange Worlds of Jose Mojico Marin. Huh? Uh, actually, what is this? Eight. Eight? That's not true. Are are some of them broken into two? Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. Sure. I think there's like the cruise. I mean, that'll take your soul. Followed by this night, I'll possess your corpse. That sounds cool. Actually, I guess I like that one less than the first one. Uh, the Strange World of Coffin Joe, Awakening uh-huh. of the Beast. That's one. That one's also in the set I've got. And then yeah. we've got End of Man, which ooh, I don't know if that's supposed to be any good. Uh, uh, Strange Hostel of Naked Pleasures. It's got a pretty cool ooh. cover. Hellish Flesh. That's a good title. And yeah. then uh, Hallucinations of a Deranged Mind. But there's actually a kind of a another like official film with him that came out like not that long ago embodiment of evil from 2008 was coffin joe still alive yeah and it's him playing himself what? it's still him playing coffin joe in 19 2008 how fucking old was he like abe vagoda well he's uh 40 years older so yeah he's still kicking so he's an old grandpa dang, dang. that's wild yeah. well anyways i mean coffin joe he's a bad dude that's mm-hmm. about all i can say about it a regular RJ. What do you mean? I watched an actual Ken Russell movie. Talking about Ken Russell earlier. I watched He's a Coffin Joe. Gothic. Okay. Are you familiar with Gothic? Nope. Are you? I see. This is a movie that oh, it fucked me up when I was a kid because I'd see okay. I'd see the cover of this VHS at the store. 
Mm. And, like you should look it up. Look up. I'm I'm, I'm looking at it. It's, it's, it's a little it's, sleep paralysis type yeah, stuff. Yeah, huh? it's that fucking incubus thing sleeping yeah. on your chest, and it's a guy. Like that's like a dude that's in the movie too. But that VHS cover, I look at that mm-hmm. thing, and it creeps me out because because I know because a succubus, it's like you know uh, a lady demon, and you're mm-hmm. like that's cool. And this is a yeah. this is a dude demon that wants to sex you up. It's like oh Jared, no, no. <laughs> I don't want dude demon. Oh so, Jared, problematic. No, that, that was just like this little imp man sitting on my chest, uh, which I'm actually often reminded of uh, when my cat lays on my chest because yeah. that's probably where it came from. That, that, that weight and it's just there breathing on you, waiting for you mm-hmm. to wake up so you can be fed. A little bastard. So yeah. gothic, mm-hmm. gothic is a. It's very theatrical. It's a fictional telling of the night that Mary Shelley got the idea for Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, so this movie stars Gabriel Byrne and oh. the the guy who worked on the X Men comic book. What? Byrne? John Byrne? Gabriel, John Byrne? Gabriel Byrne? Oh, from, okay. From, from Hereditary. Oh, oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Now you got it. By, I got gotcha. By Jove. Usual mm-hmm. suspects. Yes. Yeah. That dude. Cool world. Oh. Cool. Cool world. So cool. he's Lord Byron. Um okay. Gabriel Byrne. I'm trying oh, I'm blanking on his name. Oh oh Lord Byron? Par- Par- Parker Bowman's guy. Ah, oh, damn it. What's his name? Corey Feldman? No. Blonde guy. Warlock. Corey Feldman? <laughs> Uh, Julian Sands. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So he's Pierce Bryce Shelley. And so, uh, this movie is about, it's, it's like fear and loathing in Switzerland. Cause that's cause they were on, okay. they, they were, they were on a road trip. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the, the English lit background of Frankenstein. Like, so, uh, a little bit. So a little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, Oh, Old uh, Pierce Shelley, he's a uh, he was a libertine. He's like he rocks with like that uh, trying to be a Marquis de Sade in uh, in real life, but like just like it's an excuse to like have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, do whatever you want. You only live once. Our body's just a vessel. Mm. So these people, they're all being degenerates up in the castle and doing drugs and trying to like spook each other out and uh, yeah. It's hallucinogenic. It's it's like the one night of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in the hotel room played out, but it never gets there. It, it mm-hmm. never uh, gets to become a good movie. There's these really good little visuals in it. Uh, there's the doctor in this. There's a scene where he grabs the jug where all the leeches are kept for, you know, of course, treating people's uh, sicknesses. And he starts just drinking the jug water. And that's, like, okay. definitely one of the more horrifying things i've seen this uh, month <laughs> yeah that's pretty gnarly yeah i was just like oh <laughs> man mm. i wasn't expecting that but uh. yeah it doesn't even like you think that being a ken russell movie the production elements would be like really great and you'd be like yeah, yeah like you could at least say that like it looks really good but even that it's like it seems fine for what it is but mm-hmm. the story just never gets going and it's just the people acting like they're on drugs and having mm-hmm. and partying too hard. And so it's hard to sympathize with them because they all just seem like 
assholes for mm-hmm. the most part. Uh, even like you'd think like Mary Shelley would be kind of like more hapless, but no, she's part of it. She's sucked in with these weirdos, mm-hmm. <laughs> these pivots, and uh, <laughs> and you're just like, oh yeah, uh, I I own this Blu-ray. It's part of the Vestron Collector series. It's mine now. I had to get it off. I had to take it off the list because Ken Russell, who I otherwise do like, but yeah. this is toward the later half of his career as as it gets mm-hmm. like weaker and weaker. So, how does it fare towards other Mary Shelley, uh, wow. like historical I've, fiction? I, well, I've never seen Mary Shelley, yeah. but uh, there is the one uh, Warren Ellis written comic called Frankenstein's Womb that is actually really good. Frankenstein's Womb? Yeah, it's like a what goes on in there. It's just kind of um, it's kind of like him trying to do like an Alan Moore story, where it's kind of like going from this like kind of like meta standpoint of telling the story of Frankenstein, but also telling the story of the author and like her whole thing about having a miscarriage and like how it's about her own child and then like kind of like this idea of like creation is an act of like. Mm-hmm legacy and immortality and so in some ways she did create life that lived forever because she created the story of frankenstein it's one of those types of Mm -hmm. stories this movie tries to get to that but it completely Mm -hmm. fails like it's like oh warren ellis wrote a better comic than ken russell made this than this movie so well i mean warren ellis did some other weird stuff too though you know (laughs) what like uh planetary sure sure if that's how you want to see it okay um (laughs) I followed this up with uh, the first Jean Roland movie I've seen for a very long time. Uh, this is Jean Roland, the guy I uh, directed okay. the Iron Rose that I believe. I don't know if you borrowed that one. You did borrow a Jean Roland mm-hmm. movie once. Oh yeah, I no, I have or the Iron have Rose right now. Okay, you have that, but you I think you watched Grapes of Grapes of Death. If you remember that one, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that French yeah. Uh, zombie thing. So yeah, that's cool. yeah that movie's neat. Uh, so so this is his 1997 movie. So this is like getting on after his like heyday and uh, mm. it's another redemption films blu-ray and i'm like well i kind of I'm, I'm watching these vampire movies it seems like i'm going around the world watching vampire movies from different countries so uh yeah. this is as good as any for to represent france mm-hmm. so this is a movie it feels like a garamo movie Oh no not but not at all like it the story feels like something he would write but the execution is absolutely nothing like he would make there's those there's ways that he shoots incidental scenes that are so nice but this movie like the dialogue is a real trial and that's a common thing with his movies but in this one it's just not good not good writing and it doesn't get better as things get more contemporary because this movie is set in 1997 it feels Mm -hmm. like it's shot in new york at times because like these two like girls that are like best friends who they're vampires and it seems like they die but then they get resurrected together and they're always in mm-hmm. orphanages and they go about their business and then they start eating people until something bad happens but they never really remember how they die but they're also they're blind during the day but then their yeah. vision returns when it's night and so all those scenes at night are shot with blue filter so it's like yeah okay there is a woman in this movie that has this like really shitty costume but she's supposed to be some sort of like mythical creature like called like a night hawk who's like Mm -hmm. this like bigger like she's almost like a predator of vampires but she's like willing to help them one night 
the movie just kind of drifts through these scenes. They get adopted by an eye doctor who wants to help cure their blindness, but he's they're basically just like tricking him and they're laughing about it. Mm. And he's like kind of a dope. But you're also kind of like creeped out by the fact that this like single like 65 year old man's adopting these two like girls who are like 16, creepy? 17 year old girls. Uh, Is that creepy? To me, it feels a little off in this movie, in the context oh. of this movie. But no. they never go that route. But there mm-hmm. is a scene, RJ, yes. involving these these vampire girls where they mm-hmm. they kill and feast on a dog. But Aww. RJ, but RJ, it is like the the cutest dead dog you've ever seen because the dog is so clearly alive, and they just like put oh. like and then, and then they just put like big like fake gore wound on him and he's just breathing. He's fine. He's just laying there like awake. Mm-hmm. And like you probably it's you'd see him breathing. His tail's kind of wagging like he's having fun, and everyone's yeah. like talking like he's dead. He's like, oh man, we gotta bury him now, and he's just laying there being a good dog. And I was like, see, that's okay. <laughs> It's like it completely yeah. like, kills the movie as far as like whatever they're going for. But you're like, oh, that dog's fine. And I'm like, this is good. <laughs> I, I way prefer that. And it's funny that you mentioned like that specifically because I had a friend last week say that they would like to do something similar where it would be a dog movie. and But the dog was just very clearly alive. And it's like, yeah, see, no big deal. Dog's alive. You just pretend. Just pretend. Yeah. Like even even taking you out of the movie at all, I I would still prefer that greatly. If they you did that, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I'm not, on board. Spiking dogs, just mowing no. them down. Yeah. So, not spiking dogs or chickens. Yeah. So yeah, two orphan vampires. Not very good. There's just like so many better Roland movies that you would watch. Mm-hmm. Which I, I wasn't surprised that this was going to be a letdown. It's probably why I've waited so long on it, but still, it yeah. hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I mean that sounds shitty, dude. Yeah, um, yeah. Speak, still going down that shitty road. So I watched this movie, A Quiet Place in the Country. Oh uh, right. I had some high hopes. This yeah. is directed by oh, what's his name, Elio Petra, or some of that. He directed one it, of the best movies I've you? seen in like a decade. Uh, investigation of a citizen above suspicion that movie okay. rocked my world and when i found out he made this like kind of horror thriller pseudo giallo movie i was like shit yeah how could this go wrong mm-hmm. oh it's boring <laughs> it's, it's oh just, wow uh, yeah so uh frank franco nero he's the star of this and vanessa redgrave from the devils she's in this yeah. too she plays his dealer girlfriend who's kind of seemingly taking advantage of uh, his state of mind. He seems to be a bit sure. of a damaged man and having problems with the world. And they're just like, no, that's fine. Just keep painting. And eventually he's having such problems. They have to take him out of the city and they go to a quiet place in the country. This nice mm-hmm. estate out in the middle of nowhere. But it turns out this, this house has a history where a young woman was killed by what has been told. Cause it's, it's, it's Italian, but it's set, in the English countryside by a German warplane, World War II. Like a girl was just happened to be like walking by her house and then this plane just came mm-hmm. by and just killed her. But it turns out over time to not be the case. And there's like these things that like he thinks he's being visited by this ghost of this woman. 
mm-hmm. who apparently was a real sex pot and was like just Ooh. sleeping with all the dudes in town. Everybody liked her. Mm-hmm. But uh and then so there's like kind of this like thing that comes on later that's like, well, maybe it wasn't a warplane after all that killed her. It was something yeah. else, somebody else. So the whole thing, I mean, you're kind of supposed to go along with this idea that it's a ghost story, but mm-hmm. it's just like it's a it's an artist going mad story. Yeah. The, the opening credits of this are like really interesting. It starts off you're like, "Oh man, I'm watching some real deal cinema here." And then it keeps going and going and going, and it just never goes to anywhere interesting. And it's not fun either. Kind of like a ghoul school. Yeah. It's just long and boring. <laughs> never really goes anywhere, and it's yeah. not a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, quiet place in the country. Uh, huge disappointment for me. Um, it, yeah. it has a similar place because there's the other movie I want to watch that will be around next year, I guess, a Seance on a, on a Wet Afternoon. Okay, which like to me feels like it fits in the same space of mm-hmm. like tone. So I'm like, okay, uh, that's why you save those movies up because you have to be in the right mood. And I'm pretty yeah. sure I was in the right mood to watch this. But uh, there's a scene where he like confronts a a butcher about like what he knows about this girl. It's just yeah. like it's so badly done because the butcher's like, I don't know anything about that. And then his wife comes out. It's like, what are you, what's going on here? Nothing, nothing. And then he like turns to him, and goes, I'll talk to you outside. Like right in front of her. It's like, what? That's it's so badly acted out. This isn't how yeah. this would play in real life. It's just so, mm-hmm. so many questionable things that I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. And then the movies have this like weird ending where he's lost his mind. He's like killed people, making his art. But now he's like in an mm-hmm. insane asylum. But there's like a guy who's like got a setup where he's smuggling these, the, the crazy paints, paintings out of the insane asylum. And he's like, who cares? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, for real, though, who does care? Who does care? You know, I don't know. Like, I had this in my list, too. I don't even know why. Well, I didn't a, know it was it's in a movie yours. That, it's a movie that comes up, like, in, I mean, as far as, like, best horrors you haven't watched. And then it's one okay. where, where you're like, oh, I haven't seen that. And then yeah. it sounds good on paper. But then watching it, you're just like, nah. Yeah. Not feeling this. But I'll throw one more to you. And okay. they'll, they'll give it back to you. So there's this one movie I came across totally randomly um, off somebody's list on Letterboxd. It's got mm-hmm. this title, At the Meeting with Joyous Death. And hey. I'm like, what's this? And I see it's directed by some guy named Bunuel. And I'm like, who's that? I'm like, oh, it's the son of Louis Bunuel. He, he, Juan Louis Bunuel? Yeah, Louis Bunuel. And Juan huh. Louis Bunuel. And he made a movie. And he made a like haunting house, like a haunted house movie. Cool. Uh, it also goes by Expulsion of the Devil. Mm-hmm. So I, I found a, a shitty copy of this because it only exists on like bad, like cheesy flicks, bootlegs. There's no yeah. restoration of this and there really needs to be. Um, so this movie is like mm. kind of what you would expect a Louis Benwell horror film would be kind of. Mm-hmm. It's just like a guy with his family they bought a house out in the country and cause he's an artist and she is a fashion designer. So they're like, they're, they're kind of moderately successful, but not really. And they got two kids and they, they hate life, like city life. And they're like, let's get away from that all. They buy this mm-hmm. place. It turns out that this house that they moved into 
it doesn't like people. It doesn't like having people in it. And so you get these like kind of like very matter of fact, like matter of factorly presented hauntings where it's just like, oh, this paint can just tipped over by itself. <laughs> and then, but it escalates. And then it gets really crazy in its escalation as the house is like not doing the good out sort of thing. It's yeah. just like violently attacking people with kitchen appliances. Mm-hmm. And then the people are like, fuck this. And then they, they leave. They go to a friend who was in the media. And then the media arrives with cameramen. They're going to document the haunting inside this house. Mm-hmm. And again, the movie never like gets into like the music never ramps up. It just like it feels like you're watching the most natural drama in the world, but it involves like men just like looking down at a boiling pot of spaghetti and just putting their hand right into it. And then holding their hand in there and then they start screaming and then everyone's like pulling their hand out and goes, I, I don't know what happened. I was just looking at the water. And mm-hmm. then suddenly this priest arrives with like eight orphan children out of the woods saying, Oh yeah, we're just, we're just hitchhiking. And uh, we usually stay here every year when we go on this trip. I didn't know that anyone lived here now. Is that a problem? Oh no. Come on inside the house. And we'll all hang out inside the haunted house as things start going buggy and the house mm-hmm. starts working through the teenage daughter and yeah, it's a, it's, it was a total surprise, a pleasant surprise. And I do, I would love to see this like in a proper restoration with some better subtitles, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's a peculiar one, but uh, yeah, this is, this is to me kind of uh, why ghoul school can be a good thing because you find something that you're like, we're not expecting. The you're looking for the surprise, Hager. I'm looking to expulse that demon at a meeting of joyous death. Yes, I think one of these biggest surprises is that Louis Bunuel has a son named Juan Louis Bunuel. It's just like uh, it's the opposite of finding out about Anthony Perkins. Yeah, it's like a nice surprise. Yeah, Juan Louis Bunuel, Mary. Oh, well, what do you oh. what do you got for me? I got some stuff for you. Well, so you want to hear about flesh, some flesh sacks? I beg your pardon? Uh, you know about flesh and when they form into a sack? Um, you're going to have to tell me a little bit more. Hey, you ever heard of David Cronenberg? Yes. Did you know that he loves flesh and sacky things? I know he likes to make way for the new flesh. Make way for the new flesh. Well, I, I've heard that he loves flesh. And things of the nature. You ever heard of Existens? Capital X, capital Z. Oh, that's where my copy of that went. Uh, oh, yeah, I do have yours. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, too, actually. Oh. Well, look, at, look at that. So, so if any any of the listeners out there are I have not seen that movie in forever, in a day. Um, how is it? Uh <laughs> So here's the here's the deal with existence. Yeah, I feel like video games. I feel like it's an old man statement against video games, where it's like these these games are no good. They're gonna rot well, your brains, it's, you kids. It's Videodrome Redux. Yeah, in like a '90s where it's like you know what's hip now, not the movies, the video games. Yes, you know the Super Mario's. Yeah. What if it? Uh, I, I just imagine David Cronenberg. He doesn't talk like that. But if he did, he'd be like, you know, these kids, they're looking at their do, do, video games. Do you games. think he was looking at Brandon Cronenberg and be like, he's playing, he's just, he's just sitting around all day long. He's just playing video games. Yeah. I mean, what what could that really do? Hey, there's a mm-hmm. movie in that. Yeah, he says, look, he's not even really here. He's just living it. The game is more real to him than real life. Play it, <sighs> live it, kill for it, Jarrett. 
Here's the thing about existence. The flesh sack things are super awesome. The, the nodes? Yeah, yeah. Like all that stuff. I mean, and that's just like typical. Par David for the Cronenberg. course. Yeah. yeah. So it's he's like, you know what would be a cool video game? If you had this big. Hey, what are you doing back there? My cat's in here. If you had this big fleshy sack thing that was a video game and you played it by cl- plugging it into above your butt. Just right into your spine, just right above okay. your butt, Jarrett. Yeah. You just plug it right in there. And you get ports put in. Dudes like Willem Dafoe will do it for you for, uh, you know, for free. Oh, shit. No problem. That was Willem Dafoe in that. See, I didn't really oh, know yeah. who that was when I watched it. Uh, under the character name Gas. Yes. Because he works at a gas station. Yeah. yeah so see, he'll put a port in. See, I remember that character, but I don't. I didn't remember it was Willem Dafoe. It's kind of like uh, I, I didn't know who Willem Dafoe was when I watched Speed 2. But I always uh, thought, oh, he'd be a really good Joker. But then, but, but then it turned out he'd be a better Green Goblin. Oh, what about a better Brad Dourif? No, not possible. Not possible. Not hey, possible. You, have you watched a Brad Dourif movie? Uh, I have one lined up here. Uh, they were actually hard to find. I had to install this fucking thing that I, I thought was a little questionable on my a, Fire Stick, like a flesh pod. Yeah, it's this flesh pod called Tubi. Uh, because I was looking on that like just watch thing, I was like, because I was just trying to find Brad Dourif movies that were easily accessible, and they were all popping up on this Tubi thing, and I was like, that seems like a scam, whatever it is. But I don't know. There's a bunch on there, so I'm gonna try to get one in uh, tomorrow or tonight. Well, little little uh, Brad Dourif. There's one from famed director Rolf Kinevsky, which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Uh, anyways, Existence. You got these fleshy sacks. You plug into the mainframe. You hack the overdrive. You're in a virtual reality. What's the point of the game, Jarrett? You don't know. You got to play to find out. What happens when things get crazy? Things get crazy. Just go with it. It's just a game, man. But the game is real. Do you understand? Absolutely. The game is real, man. Uh, I think Existence is... It's okay. Yeah. Like, I like all the Cronenberg stuff, like all the video games getting plugged into people's spines. That's all really cool. Um, I think there's a few things, though, where it kind of gets gets lost in itself. It kind of, like, bounces around a little bit, and you get a few jumps. And I don't know if that's, like, supposed to be intentional, like, as a comment on video games. I don't think it is. But sometimes you get, like, some jumps in logic, and Jude Law is, like, goes from A to B to, like, to Q and you're like what are you doing Jude Law what you doing out there and like Jude Law too I'm not even I'm not a huge Jude Law guy either so watching him run around I was like eh, I wish Willem Dafoe was the lead heartthrob in this not Jude Law mm. um, you do that, get a just, that's a different gun. movie that is a different movie it is uh, you get a gun that's made out of teeth and shoots teeth yeah. that's pretty cool uh, so like the tooth gun and the flesh sacks, all the Cronenberg things, those are all very cool. Um, the video game thing itself, it's like, yeah, I get it. People get lost. I mean, it's just like them cell phones. Am I right, Jer? <laughs> People get lost in video games, but I don't know. I was, that kind of part of it. I was like this. I was like, I guess that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. does that sound what, what you think of when you think of, uh, yeah. Pretty much. That, that that's, uh, sounds like a confirmation of how I felt about that movie like 
you know, years ago, 15 years ago, whenever we yeah. first seen it in my early days of finding and tracking down Cronenberg movies. Yeah. I mean, like to be a completionist, watch it Yeah, and you'll, you'll get like, it's not, it's God. not like a bad watch by any means, but you would, you wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it again. I would just rewatch Videodrome, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, all day you long. Know? You know what else I would rewatch? Forbidden Zone, Alien Abduction, aka Alien Abduction. No, you wouldn't. Intimate Secrets. No, you no wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. Don't, why, no. You, why you make turning the, the ghoul school into a house of your lies? Hmm? Well, it's part of the. It's part of the. Um, it's a sex movie, Jared. Yeah. So. <laughs> and we know how you feel about that. Yeah, but the softcore stuff I don't mind because it's like, it's tasteful. It's not like too in your face. Do you know what I mean? No plumbing shots. No. Well, I don't know. I don't like the aggressive sexual things. <laughs> or like when <laughs> when people with mental disabilities are raping farm people. Wow. Like, you know. You're such, or, a, you're such a prude. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you should watch uh, Ghostland and tell me what you think of no, problematic I'm, villains. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, the Forbidden Zone alien abduction is it's a softcore porno. Hmm. Uh, you have this group of women who meet up at a sauna and they're like, man, we've had crazy weeks. And it's like, yeah, I had a crazy week too. And the other person's like, man, I had a weird one also. So they all get to tell their stories and it's basically kind of like an anthology story where it's like one woman was like, oh yeah, it was crazy. I was in like medieval times and this lady came and me and her had like the most loving, passionate night and it was awesome. And you're like, cool. And then it goes to the next person. It's like, yeah, there was this guy and he was jogging and I followed behind him and I, I can usually keep up to joggers, but he was way faster than me. So I followed him. And then we had like the most intimate, passionate night. And everyone's like, oh, that's weird. You just chase some guy down and then, okay, whatever, keep going. And then you have another lady. She tells her story. It's like, yeah, it was just some really like suave guy. And they all tell these stories about these, these intimate passionate nights these intimate secrets but they turn out Jared, to be alien abductions what and uh this alien needs to reproduce yep. for his uh for his species i guess and so he needed to find out what women want mel gibson style right so he brought him in and they they got to like live out their their deepest fantasies uh <laughs> this is what i'm into now yeah, Jared, this is this is the point I'm at in this Creeptober. This this thing was 70 minutes long. Yep, which was ideal for was me. It, was it on YouTube? Uh, yes, it is on YouTube. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's on YouTube. It's 70 minutes long. I watched it over the span of I think three days, oh. 20 minutes at a time, uh, just whenever I was on the toilet. And uh, you know, it was a it it fits a niche. It fits a niche for sure. Is it a good movie? No. But you do see see some ladies in the sauna if you're into that kind of thing. Right. And I know you're into that kind of thing. Some bathing beauties. Some bathing beauties. I mean, the other thing about this is like, it's, I, I what was my letterbox review? Something about questionable con- consent. Because it is kind of questionable. Like all these women get tricked into having sex with this alien guy. So it's kind of like. It's the oldest story in the world. It is. It is like getting tricked into doing it, but it's also kind of like, oh, so did he rape them? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. That's I above like, my. I, like I, I think I need to make a mixtape of all the times you said that word on this uh, tonight? show tonight. Did he rape them? 
I think I got. I think I'm going to say that once more tonight. Oh, good. At least, yeah, at least once more. So uh, I watched another alien movie by Rolf Kanavsky. Okay. It's called There's Nothing Out There. Have you ever heard of this thing? I have. Yeah, so I can't. I remember I heard about it, and then it sounded cool. But after watching it, I was like, I don't really understand what the the like. It was fine. I'll, I'll talk about what it what it was. But I was like, I don't remember why this popped up on my radar. Like, is it supposed to be some kind of big thing? Or well, what no. Do you, what do you know? Well, uh, I know exactly where you would have heard about it because he was interviewed on a podcast that we okay. listened to. Oh, and they just brought it up? Was he, that was, it? he was interviewed because I was like, because it was being released by Vinegar Syndrome. It just got released mm-hmm. on Blu-ray uh, in the last year or so. So this will be one of the ones that they're like, it's really good. You should no, give it a shot. Oh, they were just like, yeah, it's a good time. Um, And you were down with it because it's aliens. I was, I was down with it because it was aliens. It's... um. Like it fits my brand of interests, but I, I I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone else. It's a bunch of teens that go out to a cabin and then you get this big kind of noodly alien thing that comes to like tear them up. Um, for what it is, you actually do get a couple decent like kill scenes like that. I, I was like, ooh, that's cool. Like you get a decap scene that uh, like, I mean, it's not like the grisliest shit you ever seen. But I was like, I wasn't expecting that to see it. Like you just see a head get cut off. I was like, cool baby. So the aliens there in the woods and it's basically just stalking these people. But uh, the people are, they're pretty chudly. It's like dudes that are like, but babe, it's going to hurt if you don't do it. Like those kinds of dudes. Oh. And they're like, Oh, uh, except there's one guy who like has no girlfriend and he's kind of your hero because he's just listening to people um, get down for like two nights and he's really sick of it. But then he sees the alien. So he's trying to protect himself. Right. But he, no one really believes him. Mm-hmm. So he's out there and like the chud dudes, they uh, the bros, they kind of go at out odds with him. They're like, I was getting down there, man. One guy gets thrown out of a window. It's pretty gnarly. It's pretty gnarly, Jer. Um, there's nothing out there. What do I have? Long butts. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes of actually there's one like the lead lady in this. She goes for a little swim and then she's in a bikini for about half an hour. So I know some people are fans of those things. You get a cat scare. There's no animal cruelty in this thing. Yeah, maybe it is a good time. Maybe it is, Jer. Maybe it's a good time. The alien like also shoots lasers into people's eyes and then like possesses them, which is like the the power grade uh, gradient isn't made explicitly clear so you you're not sure what this dude is capable of this alien dude but you know he's there to fuck shit up kind of like us you don't know what we're capable of but you know that when we come up to the scene we're going to fuck some shit up hmm. are you interested and in there's nothing out there Jeremy? it's available for free hmm. on youtube um vaguely but not it's again it's not going to probably make my, uh, I don't even know if it would make my cut of like 300 movies now that my uh, horror pool has reached. Yeah. Every year you, it gets bigger. I watch like I more and they just gets bigger. But I, I don't know about this one. Would you watch any of Rolf Kanafsky's movies? Party Bus to Hell? No. Erotic Adventures of the Invisible Man? No. Oh, Misadventures. Sorry. Oh, geez. Sorry. RJ, that changes everything. <laughs> Alien Erotica? No. Emmanuel through time, Emmanuel's forbidden pleasure, 
pleasures. So this dude's into alien porn. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't do the Forbidden Zone, funnily enough. Somehow. So anyways, there's nothing out there. I mean, there's not much to it, if you want to put it that way. I, I remember the interview kind of seeming a little depressing. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a dude who is like trying his best. It's the real story of what filmmaking actually is. That's sure. what I remember. Sure. Yeah. Well, anyways, do you have any movies to talk about or are you done? <laughs> oh, I've got movies, RJ. Okay. Well, hit some. Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Mm-hmm. It's alliterative. Okay. It's uh, very Southern. It's about a woman who's mm-hmm. who's mad. She's, she's insane. And she kills when she goes insane. Uh-huh. Her own daughter, even. And uh, uh, okay. she's she's on medication now. She's uh-huh. all she's all better until uh-huh. she until she's not. Okay. And then people keep coming to stay at the motel. And then she starts killing them. We've and seen this what? we've seen this movie before. Have we? I think so. which 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 one? <laughs> um Psycho? Oh, <laughs> Psycho Two. Yeah, well, no, that one's all about like Wednesday going to massacre somebody, mm, and, then okay. he, and he just takes a shovel to someone's head. It's awesome. I follow. Yeah. I follow. So this is again, this is a Vinegar Syndrome release. So that's two in a row. Mm. Uh, this one was a blind buy because I bought the I pre-signed up for this pack that came with Night Beast. And mm-hmm. we all know Night Beast. We all well, know Night Beast we, we, we all know his deal. And uh-huh. this just came along with it. And I'm like, well, it could go either of one of two ways with Vinegar Syndrome. It could be a pleasant surprise, or it could just be there. Hmm. And it was just there. Like okay. I don't know. There's this. Well, what happened? I don't know. Like nothing people, good. People people getting t- drugged down to like this crawl space beneath these motel rooms, and then. People are keep going down into the pit and being killed. It's very drug out. There's a snake biting people's faces, and they're like getting poisoned up. And then there's oh, okay, actually, there's something to talk about. Some real RJ content. There's this greasy dude with a mustache. Oh, ooh. He picks up. He picks up these two fine young hitchhikers, and okay. it's just kind of assumed, hey, I'm going to get the hotel room, and you two join me. And they're like, okay. Sure, why not? And it's, is it just for a nice night in? Yeah, real listen night, to a podcast. Real, yeah, listen to some podcasts here in 1981. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's just played for like that's normal and that's weird. And uh, mm-hmm. but then people just get. And then she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And while she's in the bathroom, crazy lady comes up from the floor, kills her dead, cuts her face wide open with a sickle. Because remember me talking about Scythe Man last week when I was talking about the corruption of Chris Miller? Well, this is uh, mm-hmm. sickle-based deaths. People getting sickles mm-hmm. in the faces and in the body. But uh, it, cool. it, it never really takes off, though. It never really sings. Mm-hmm. It was such a wonderful title. and Well, that's that's often the case, no? It's true. Yeah. Uh, I did watch a kind of a documentary. It's called Terror in the Isles. It, okay. It's more of a, like clip show compilation of horrors best as of 1986 or something like that which was it was fun to watch uh it's hosted by donald pleasance who Mm -hmm. who says strange morbid things and then he turns his attention to you the viewer 
And then Nancy Allen shows up and mm-hmm. she does the exact same thing. And they're all in this like big fake theater watching these clips uh, all together. Yeah. And they're just responding to all the horror movies that people love, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see like, yeah, you get compilations of uh, it's I, I'm always a fan of that effect where you have like the same beat from movies played simultaneously back to back over and over again, like someone closing a door as they're running away from something. And it's always like this weird sort of uh, effect that it has, like being like, you know, people opening doors, closing doors, uh, someone trying to bash through a door, uh, mm-hmm. a jump scare. And you just get the same energy, hands coming through walls. So it's just, I don't know. It kind of reminded me that, hey, sometimes horror movies can be good and it doesn't have to be uh, all poor well, <laughs> sloppy I mean, movies that nobody's ever heard of. Questionable, you know. I mean, some movies are good. Some movies are uh, For, alien erotica. Yeah, if you've ever heard of that, that is. Yeah, yeah. The Terror in the Isles thing. It was just a bonus feature on a Halloween two Blu-ray. So, I, oh, I, I had yeah. never seen it. It's kind of well regarded, but then I think a lot of people I follow. No one really likes it that much, but it was mm-hmm. perfect to have on while, like, you know, looking at things online. Like a magazine? Yeah. Like a magazine movie? Well, no, no one buys magazines. Well, no one you know. Yeah. I saw a guy yesterday have a magazine. Yeah. A real it, life one. Was it rolled up in his back pocket? Uh, It was, yeah, right beside his pack of cigarettes that were rolled up in his sleeve. Yeah. 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 Cool dude. Was it a, a Playboy? It depends in what sense you mean. Doesn't that that was the title of the magazine? Oh, I don't know what the magazine was, I see. but the, the man, the gentleman, was a playboy. I see. I see. You see. You yeah, see. I understand now. What else you got? I watched House of Whipcord, directed by Pete Walker. That sounds cool. Remember me talking about Pete Walker, saying how no. uh, you don't. <laughs> no. He's a. Uh, I don't know. He he's made a lot of really not great movies. And, oh, yeah. uh, but I've got eight of them to watch. So uh-huh. this was number four and I, I had high hopes cause this seems to be the one people seem to like more than others. And yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty mm. good. This is where, uh, the one Instagram post, uh, about, uh, people wanting a return to corporal and capital punishment comes from. It's a real RJ mindset, um, mm. of, of, of that. Of, in, in which pur- sense? Puritan conservatism. Well, I mean, it depends on how how far you take such values. Like capital punishment? How far one takes that? Well, I mean, it depends on how far you would take it. I mean, if it was you, depends on the person. If it was you, I would say do it right now. Sure. But if it was someone else, I'd be like, well, maybe we'll see those DNA results first. So House of Whipcord. Sure. It stars this really lousy actress. I'm not sure okay. if she's, she's actually French or trying to do a French accent, but it's very hard to understand what she's saying. And she runs afoul of a man that is named Mark. Okay. He. Marky. Marky Desad. Like it, that's his name. It's like Mark Desad, and uh, it's like, oh, that's okay. funny. Ha ha ha! Uh-huh. But it turns out, yeah, he's a he's a weirdo who takes this girl and he drops her off at this, like, <sighs> private women's prison. That isn't a women's prison because this girl hasn't committed any crimes. But there's this like senile, blind old judge who's constantly sentencing people to, uh, you know, imprisonment. But by this mad old warden woman who runs it mm-hmm. and just t- takes this opportunity to correct young women. And, correct uh, them how? Uh, 
through starving them, keeping okay. them locked up, strip okay. them of their makeup and hair and their clothing mm-hmm. and making more just burlap sacks. And then when okay. they when they break the rules, they get whipped. Oh, and that's the whip cord? Yes. And then if they don't behave enough, then they just get hung to death. Um, mm. All nice and legal. Jeffrey Epstein style? Yeah. So, oh, okay. So the movie's just like it's a women in prison movie which was a surprise there's sure. a, a certain meanness to everything uh all the yeah. actors are uh just relishing in their roles they, they don't overplay it either but yeah, i don't know i it was as far as a movie like this would go i thought it was you know better than a lot of the just franco women in prison movies i've watched and mm-hmm. i you know it was fun watching it cuz it didn't get, it wasn't like particularly like cruel either it didn't like have prolonged scenes of torture it was just kind of it bordered on it wasn't quite goofy but it was pleasant as as pleasant as a a movie about people being held against their own will in a castle and then when you think they're just about to escape uh they get right brought back by a truck driver who thinks oh this is just a home for uh for old old people and they'll help you out poor girl and then mm-hmm. yeah, take some dark twists um it, it doesn't it has not neat resolutions but yeah not uh-huh. too, not too bad not too bad and it's got a exactly. good also has a good poster well i'm glad you found something that you enjoyed a little bit just a little bit in this world just a little bit like a little bit i was gonna say something and then i forgot that's fine you ever been there? I got a stinker to talk about. Oh, a good one? <laughs> a good stinker. Sure. Called The Beast Must Die. It's a cool title. It is a cool title. It's about werewolves, uh, mm-hmm. a werewolf. And it opens up with this black man running through the forest, and he's being hunted. And you're like, whoa, what's this all about? <laughs> but then suddenly he's caught. And then it turns out, oh, it's just like a practice run because he's like one of the greatest hunters in the world. Oh, and, shit. And he's being called in to track down and locate a werewolf in this castle. And it's somebody in the castle who's the werewolf, and he has to figure it out. The movie opens up with a narrator saying, can you figure out who the werewolf is? At the end of the film, we'll ask you, and you'll have to decide. And it's like, oh. Did you figure it out? No. Because this movie is oh. the shits. It's so boring. Uh, this is a so this came Severin put this out on Blu-ray in a box set, and they kind of just dumped it on there because I don't think they had very good elements to work with. So this thing, the picture's mm-hmm. not great, and there's like bad scan lines kind of on the outer edge of the screen too the whole time. But yeah, this movie mm-hmm. is just not worth even salvaging. It's so boring and uninteresting because it's always just like ah, you could be the werewolf because of this. But then it's like, ah, but I have an explanation for that. Damn. And then they do that over and over and over and over again until it gets to the end at the dinner party. It's like, well, I'll have you deduced who the werewolf is. And then a clock gets superimposed over the screen and the narrator Mm -hmm. comes back. Have you been able to guess who the werewolf is? You have 30 seconds to make your decision. And then it picks up. So much fun. And then it's just this lady who turns to a werewolf who like attacks some people and then they shoot at it. Mm -hmm. It escapes. And then he further tracks it down kills the werewolf but not before being bitten and then he goes back inside the house and shoots himself dead and that's the end that's the end of the movie you don't have to ever see this thing it's got a cool poster cool title but man they trick you that's how they get you 
But the real question is, at any of those points, were you able to guess who the real werewolf was? I, I, I didn't care. If that was a, mm. if, that, if, that, if it was possible to solve it, um, the movie just is constantly giving you false information, and then when it does turn out, you're like, oh, that's it, huh? Mm. It's like that. I'm waiting for the movie to finish at that point. Well, well, that's a bummer. I mean, I thought you loved interactive things. I thought so too. Just, just sad. Yeah. Sad, Jarrett. What do you want to talk about now? Uh, hey, Jarrett, you ever heard of Robert Zombo? Uh, no, but I am aware of Robert Zombie. Rob Zombie? Well, here's the thing, Jarrett. I, I believe you watched uh, his trilogy. I watched a trilogy of films this week, this last week. Did uh, I think I've mentioned before my my history with Rob Zombo and his haunted house of horrors, <clears throat> which were consisted mostly of physically uh, strange people. Is the only way I can put that. I guess. I don't know how to describe the people that were in his haunted house. They were there for a reason. They're real, RJ. They were cast for a reason. Yes, they were real people. But it was also like they were just in like bathtubs of like shit. And then you're like, ew. (laughs) Like, this isn't scary, but I'm a little grossed out. And I guess that's part of his aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So Rob Zombie, I've seen those Halloween movies, but I never watched the trilogy that is House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and... This new movie, Three from Hell. Brand new. Brand new. Came out like what, two weeks ago? Uh, yeah. Just or something? This, this month it was released. This on Various month. platforms. So I, having watched it, I realized I've seen A House of a Thousand Corpses hmm. sometime in my life. Yeah. When did this movie come out in 2002 or yeah. let me see, 2003? Yeah. So I think I saw it on TV on Showtime in 2004. Maybe nice. or something like that. And I remember watching it and I was like, what is this? Why are these things happening? How can I stop this from happening? So I watched it again. And uh, I think, what do you think I thought of these Rob Zombie movies? I don't, I don't know, RJ, you tell me. All right. So I think I see why they're very popular. I see... I won't go so far as calling them so popular. No, but I mean they, they, they have, have they, they have a following. They have fans. They have fans. I see why I see his pull. I get it. I think House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are different uh very different. So House of a Thousand Corpses kind of reminded me of so it's just it's like his Texas Chainsaw movie, mm-hmm. but it's it's filthier and it's more like kind of like coked up because of all the stuff that he plays around with where it's just like the way he edits things together or whatever whoever was editing it where it'll cut from like one angle to like sideways and like with a blue filter on and then it'll cut back and then it'll cut to like a music video for like two seconds it's like like Caligula (laughs) is playing like in like I actually didn't mind that stuff I was like well that's different I was like okay because House of a Thousand Corpses has like the neat like opening thing with like this like silent film sort of horror stuff that he's just made up yeah. that looks quite neat. And then you're like, Oh, I want more of that, but you don't get it. 
Well, what you get is, I think, like, the extreme version of, like, a horror video game. Like, um, I think that's how this movie ends. Like, it just reminded me of, oh, man, like, indie ending. horror video games. So, so House of a Thousand Corpses, it's like Texas Chainsaw. It's two. dirtier. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw 2. It's dirtier, and it's, like, on coke. And it's, like I said, I actually didn't mind the editing things because I was like, that's different. I was like, I wasn't expecting that here. Uh, and you have... Uh, your buddy Sid Haig in the Captain Spaulding role used sparingly, I think, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, and you have the family and all the stuff that happens. Like, I, I will say, as a horror thing, I think it's pretty effective. Uh, where, like, when he comes down, like, wearing the other people and it's the person who is one of the girls, like, caught up. I was like, oh, that's sad. I was like, so I guess that's horror stuff. It's making me feel bad in a sense. You know what I mean? So like, I think that, and then like the rain Wilson fish, man, I don't really like that kind of stuff. Cause that grosses me out, but I guess that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I don't know about this and that. And then you, you do have like a weird mix of like, you're kind of like, what it you're like, <laughs> you're like, what are these people? Who, who are, who is this? So, you get all these things kind of play out and you're like, okay, okay. Uh, and then you get like the, the ending and it's way different. You got Dr. Satan in there, Jarrett, you got that head man. And like, that's the part that reminds me of kind of like a video game, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like what you're talking about where people get picked up and then they get taken back to a similar place like Texas chainsaw also, uh, not the original one, but like, what was that in? Uh, one of the remakes where th- it opens with someone who just got away from the house and is now getting brought back or something like that. You ever seen those remakes? No. I think one is getting a, a revival now. Everyone's like, this remake's pretty good. Um, anyways, House of Thousand Corpses, I think it has... Uh, it's like I said, I see I see why he's he has a, a following and a fan base. I think there's elements there in this thing. It's just my my mileage with Rob Zombie, I think, is going to be different from other people, if that makes sense. What do you think of House of the Thousand Corpses? I've never liked the movie. I okay. I just don't like the direction it goes. It sure. feels, I don't know. It, the filmmaking is just not there yet. He really goes for it though, Jer. Nah, but he doesn't have the but he doesn't have the chops to like pull it off very well. It just feels like a cheap movie. Oh well. I can get there. So Devil's Rejects, uh, not that one, but um, the the Empire Strikes Back of the of, of the zombie trilogy of the zombie trilogy, exactly. Uh, so I think like I didn't mind House of a Thousand Corpses. I was like, this is. I was like, I see the merit to this thing. It's not what I look for in horror movies, but I I can see why other people appreciated it. Uh, Devil's Rejects was a little bit more in line with something that I think I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still had like some of the Rob Zombie flourishes. I was kind of oh. like, well, <laughs> motherfucker, uh, <laughs> motherfucker, fuck a doodle do. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, hey, the- did did you did you RJ? Did you take the corner with Bill Mosley? No, no, no. <laughs> so I didn't even mention I don't like Bill Mosley. <laughs> I don't like him, okay? And he is at the forefront of all three of these movies. So I, I'm not a Bill Mosley guy. I can get past that because, like, one thing is Sid Haig is really awesome. He's not he's not even in Thousand Corpses that much, but Sid Haig is cool. I like seeing him. And even the um, 
the side characters, they're all pretty decent. I, I, I'm not a big Bill Mosley guy. I never will be. And even in this, it's just like, okay, so he's just Texas Chainsaw 2 guy, but not as like, <laughs> but a little bit like that. He always still. reminds me of Silver Fox. Yeah, a little bit. They have, they actually look pretty close. Yeah. Like they, they look very similar. Uh, so Devil's Rejects, like, I think it's, it's got better. It's a better made movie. I think like he kind of narrowed in on things a little bit more, but there are still some kind of, uh, there's still certain things where I'm like, I think you're kind of, you're getting too far away from what you want here because they're both like full two hour movies. And fuck, that, like, is, that, is that true? Is House of a Thousand Corpses two hours long? Let me show you right now. Let me see. House of a Thousand Corpses. It, no, it's only 90 minutes. Yeah. They're like, there's but, no, because I know Devil's Rejects is long. Devil's Rejects is 107 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a longer movie. Yeah. Um, it's they, also they got like, see, like, it's got an incredible, like, I think it's got like a three hour long making of Devil's Rejects. Yeah. That, and, that and, would, and, it, and it goes through everything. That'd be interesting yeah. to watch. And, actually. I know, and I think uh, the, the first Halloween remake also has like a, like, I think it's like four hours long. Yeah. And but and then and then he made Halloween too. <laughs> and it's and like then, oh. Mm. Speaking of Halloween too, I'll get to 3 from Hell in oh, a second. Oh man, I can't wait. Well, I watched 31 and yep. uh I, I shared my thoughts uh yes. last time. So, yeah, so Devil's yeah. Rejects. Yeah, no, it, I I didn't mind Devil's Rejects. It's kind of like good. I said, there, it's his be, it's things. his best movie, I think. Yep. I think it's uh I think it's his be- like it's got stuff. It's like I remember rewatching it like and being like, oh, but like watching, you're like, no, this is like still as best as he's gotten, like overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. flaws, but it's still like, yeah. I wish he would have gone further. I think even like Roger Ebert gave it like three and a half stars or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's there. And so that's what I mean. I'm not what you would call someone who, no one, I don't think anyone would have thought I would have been a fan of Rob Zombie. So House of a Thousand Corpses, it was fine. I didn't mind it. Like, there's things I like. Devil's Rejects. I liked more even because I was like, yeah, I, I was like, this is more in line with what I would want. Um, and it did, like you said, it has, it has its own little flaws to it. Like there's, there's certain things that I think stretch like, so that one stretches a little bit too far where there's things with the side characters that just like really prolong the movie. And yeah. you're kind of like, you're like, you don't need this in here, man. Like there's that scene where Bill Mosley goes out to get guns and stuff. And it's like, ah, you don't even need any of this. And you get like, some brutal violence in it, but yeah, that's already in all of these movies anyways. And how about, uh, and how about that ending? The devil's rejects. Yeah. Uh, so I like the ending. I wish it was filmed different though. Oh, that weird, like stop, like weird freeze framey. Well, not, not even that, like kind of, so there's one thing I don't really like about the Rob Zombie movies is like, I don't think whoever is behind the camera has a, a great eye for, it, it doesn't flow the way I would want it to flow. So the one big prop I'll give Rob Zombie is I actually do really like the way he uses his music, which I could see other people making fun of. But uh, the big one was like in House of a Thousand Corpses, like the Walton Goggins confrontation scene. Yeah, I like that he cuts out all the other audio and just plays music. I actually think that's really good because it's like that's what I want more than anything else. I'm I think I remember which is it House or Devil's Rejects that has like the really bad CGI fire. Uh, I mean, I think all th- all three of these movies have oh. bad CGI. Well, there's, fire but there's one where it's like I, it's like the big like when um, is it Junior? 
when he's yeah. like breaking Devil's them out. Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Like that, I remember that being like really like, wow, I don't remember looking so bad before, but now it's like, yeah, they, they're clearly not in, in danger. <laughs> they, they both, they both have CGI fire, but yeah, you're thinking of Devil's Rejects. Yeah. We're tiny. Tiny. Goes That's in it. there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the CGI is something else, but I, I actually really like his use of music. I think it's, I don't think it's, it doesn't, it's not like playing to the irony crowd. I think it actually fits and it yep. speaks to, it speaks to him too. I was like, yeah, I, I like this. I, so I liked how he used it in thousand corpses and I do like the ending, uh, how it's used in devil's rejects. I just wish it was, I wish someone was better was behind the camera and kind of showed it a little bit better. Cause it's kind of like it cuts here and it cuts there and then it cuts to like those slow motion things. And that's fine. But I, I think when you do those things where you cut all the other audio and you just play like a six minute fucking song, the reason you do that is so that you have this isolated, consistent audio. I think you should have that for your filming too. Like I, I, I would have preferred it wouldn't have to be like one continuous shot, but I would have liked a little bit more where you, you stayed with it longer. It just cuts around too much. Mm -hmm. That's my own thing. Yeah. I, I realize that, but that's what I would have wanted more. So Devil's Rejects, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I would say if you had, I'd say like if you were into this stuff, watch both of them. And you're, yeah, yeah, you can, you, I mean, you, you, you have your to, mileage will yeah, vary. You have to watch both. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, Houses just seems like such an undeveloped movie. It, it, it just <laughs> feels like it could be so much better. And then, uh, so I have not seen Three from Hell. Uh-huh. I, uh, I'm afraid to because I, I already kind of know what we're going to get because I've read people talking about it and none of it seems good. But, uh, Kate, so go on. So I watched this with a friend and, uh, the friend really likes the first two. Yep. And, uh, he doesn't like 31. He thought 31 was a big pile of shit. Yeah. So he went into this with like real low expectations. And then at the end, he was like, you know what? He's like, I thought it was pretty good. He's like, compared to what 31 was. Yeah. And I was like, well, I haven't seen 31. <laughs> but, like, so, again, there's, like, elements to it that are Did, good. Does but, he like Lords of Salem? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. No. I think he said he was, like, he's like, I know I'm on a minority because most people like that one. But I, I might be misspeaking here. It, yeah. That one's. It, it's visually his most ambitious, but yep. he he just needs to stop writing his own movies. That's yeah. like one of the that's a big problem with him. Because, but then, but now it's also he's lost money. Like he doesn't have it seems like the resources anymore to like get where he would have gotten. Which is that's str- what three from hell feels like. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Continue. Yeah. That no. Like that's what this feels like. And like I get it too. Where it seems like for because there's that joke that fucking Bill Mosley tells oh, all yeah. the time about doing this movie. Hey Sid. <laughs> hey Sid. And it's like that's what this feels like because yeah, I bet for like the last. The last like twelve years, people were like, "When are you going to make a sequel to that?" And it's like that movie doesn't need a sequel, or like there doesn't need to be a third one. This thing like is different as Thousand Corpses is to Devil's Rejects. Like you know, there's similarities, but they're yeah. different. Like they're very different stories. As different as those two, Three from Hell is another completely different thing. So, <sighs> this Sid Haig shouldn't be in this. It bums you out yeah. immediately. <laughs> He's only in the first five minutes of it. And you're just like, you see him and you just like, we just got bummed out. We're like, oh man, he doesn't look good. It's yeah. like that dude should be at home sleeping, not like 
filming this fucking Rob Zombie movie. Like, I'm sure he was only there for one day and did like an hour of and acting. He, and but, he probably wanted to do it too, but. And he probably wanted to do it too, but he, yeah, he looks like he's super thin and he just doesn't look, he doesn't look like Sid Haig, you know? But I'll, uh, hey, guess what, Jared? They found a replacement in Richard Brake. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's Joe Chill. And, you know, he's in Mandy and he's in 31 and he's in Halloween. So he's the new Sid Haig. Oh, allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, for he, this movie, I, I don't get it at all. For all intents people, and purposes, people are losing their mind with this guy. But it's like, have standards really fallen that low? I don't know. I mean, I liked him in that Asylum Blackout S. Craig Zoller movie. Oh, but yeah, he doesn't really do much in that. He's just <laughs> yeah. kind of there. Uh, that movie, I, I also just liked in general. Right. So three from hell, they're alive, right? Because they, they sur- just they, are. they survived and they're in they jail. Just, they just start, and then they're in jail for 10 years. So you have a natural progression of time. I see. Uh, and then what happens is, like, they, I don't know. Like, this movie, some some of the suspension of disbelief, it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't get hung up on stuff that much, but there's certain things in here. You're like, that's a little goofy. So it's like they acknowledge that Bill Mosley's, like, this dangerous serial killer. And then it's like, you know what? We're going to put him out on one of those pit crews of guys like working outside of the jail. And then guess what happens, Jared? Uh, he gets out. He gets out. And it's kind of just like, and you're kind of just like, why would they do that? That's a weird thing to do. So like he goes out there and Richard Brake breaks him out. Cause guess what, Jared? Richard breaks his brother. One of his other brothers. Ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then, so they have to go and get Sherry Moon and she goes like, you can tell that they're like, you know what's popular now is Harley Quinn and like crazy girls. So she's like full crazy in this. What? Like yeah. and like they, they actually even make note of it. They're like, Well, she's been in jail for so long. She's strange, man. She's different. And you're like, Okay. But she's I don't know. I didn't really I didn't really get it, like how crazy she was. You get some art house stuff in this, Jer, kinda like the white horse in uh oh, Halloween no. too. Oh uh, no, so she sees uh, bunnies oh. or a cat in like a sewer, some some shit. It's like a ballet, and it's like a, a person in the cat suit dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, <laughs> and you're oh, just God. like, okay. And then I don't know if you know this, Jared, but what happens is they flee to Mexico. Yep. And they run afoul of uh, luchador mafioso type guys. Oh no. So then that's and then the movie becomes that for a while, where it's them versus. Luchador, this movie too is like the first hour is super different from the second hour. So this is a this is a full two hours, one hour and eleven or one hundred and eleven minutes. Uh, first hour is like a prison break movie, and then you get like the one thing that kind of threw me off too is it's like stylized like seventies. Like the other two movies didn't feel like they were like they had the few of those things, but it didn't seem like pushed right. on you this one like one of the sheriff whoever he is like his hairstyle is so ridiculous you're just like it's like okay i'm sure there's people who had that hairstyle but and well actually clicking on his picture he has this in real life so okay i i guess i take that back this is this you guy's him real. An apology jeff daniel phillips i'm sorry yeah you, you uh, at him yeah i'm sorry brother but yeah like He's kind of like goofy in that sense. Did you know Clint Howard is in this movie, Jer? Now I know. 
I didn't. Now you know. Yeah, Clint Howard's in here. He makes an appearance. And then it's kind of funny. Like, after this movie was done, we watched, like, five, ten minutes of, uh, like, it looked, it was almost like the preview of the making of for this thing. And they were talking about how, like, Rob Zombie himself was like, yeah, I didn't want to, like, do the same gags and same jokes from all the other movies. But there was stuff, like, having watched them all in a row, I was like, but he did. <laughs> like, there's the, like, in House of a Housing Court house of a thousand corpses they don't drive because one of them has night blindness and then that gets brought up in this and i was like i know that's a that's a pull but uh you're doing the same stuff rob zombie like that's intentional that you included that in there and then there's just stuff like i don't know man there there's a few things here and there you're kind of like why is this in here why is this included um you get cgi blood Ooh. And CGI fired. The CGI in this movie is real bad, man. Yeah. Real bad. So you get like a lot of like shooting people and it's like and like CGI blood squirts out of them. And you're kind of like, why? Why do you even need that? You could have just not had that and it would have would have been fine, I think. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. So your mileage might vary. No. I, I wouldn't expect you you jared duncan would uh get much out of this but i know you'll have to watch it one day well one day it'll be on shutter netflix or it'll something. be on shutter yeah. i'm sure in a I, year i'll, I'll save myself 23 dollars and buy some like blind buy vinegar syndrome piece of shit instead and yeah i don't know i think the first two uh are worth watching the third one too if you're like really into them you might get something out of it i uh i didn't get much out of it but you know whatever Luchadors. But you did it. You watched Devil's Rejects. I did it, man. I, uh, I, I've i apparently seen all but three of Rob Zombie's movies now. Lords of Salem, 31, and a Super Beasto. Oh, don't watch. Don't. I've never watched. I actually tried watching that. I tapped after like yeah. two minutes. I was, no. Nope. I that, would maybe watch Lords of Salem, but that's it. I'm not going to watch 31. That would be the, yeah. No, 31, you can just not have to watch. And I used to have to watch Three from Hell. <laughs> Yes, you do. Yeehaw. You and you should one day eventually. Okay. So that's my foyer into yeah, Rob that's, that's uh, a, Robert Zombo. Some heavy lifting there. Yeah, well, I mean, we've never talked about those on the pod before. No, now we have. Now we have. It's covered. We also haven't talked about Lake of Dracula and Evil <sighs> of Dracula. Sounds cool. Basically, the the Japanese hammer horror films. They, they, cool. they feel like that, but they're also very Japanese. And yeah. the word that comes to mind to describe the feeling of watching these is cozy. They're, oh, they were nice? They're fine, inoffensive, yeah. unmemorable movies. Yeah. Uh, Arrow put them out. It's like the Blood, Bloodthirsty trilogy. Mm-hmm. I watched the first one called Vampire Doll. And then okay. the next year, Lake of Dracula, which is like an awesome title. And Evil mm-hmm. Dracula, a bit more generic. But uh, yeah, I watched... Uh, Vampire Doll last year and it was the same kind of thing we were just like this is okay this doesn't make me mad this is uh, it just happens it doesn't do anything too surprising and same with these two I I, I could barely tell you what the difference between the two of them are now um, but if you need to put some ambient horror on and just like feel good about the world I guess these are not too bad ways of doing that see sometimes that's all you need though especially during like yes the back end of Creeptober yeah. when you're kind of just like, I really need a, a breather. Just, 
anything that like you can just watch comfortably and be like no no problem yeah if i miss something no that's okay i'm okay yeah yep uh, exactly i got a creep pick here oh a little creeper wreck yeah, yeah from uh mr sanchez <gasps> what did he recommend trick or treat from 1986 that movie that's got ozzy osbourne in it for a second gene simmons in it for a second uh yeah trick-or-treat this is a surprisingly pretty good little movie surprisingly pretty good little movie that's pretty high praise from you it's it's it reminded me actually a lot of uh uh hello mary lou prom night 2 it had the same kind of uh, competence from like of an '80s horror kind of slasher. It doesn't have like a crazy body count or anything like that. So the story is about this poor kid. He's uh, kind of a social reject at high school because he's really into metal, and mm-hmm. his his hero, uh, this one particular rock musician, he actually graduated from his high school and. He's coming back to perform, but the school doesn't want him to perform because he's got those illicit lyrics and he's real bad and he's in league with the devil because he's in the metal. <laughs> That's cool though. But then uh, you find out one day as he's about to leave for school that his uh, mo- his role model, his hero, died in a fire in a hotel room. And he's like, just, what? Devastated. This is the worst thing. He goes, swings by the radio station where Gene Simmons works and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, guess what I got here? I got the last demo he ever recorded. This is the only copy of it. Don't worry, you you can you can take it and borrow it. You seem really like you need it. You need this right now, and you could listen to this record. And he goes and listens to the record, and this is like all amongst like him being bullied by uh, jock assholes at high school. There's like this pretty girl takes a little bit of sympathy on him, but things just aren't working out, and he's getting more and more angry. He goes home. He listens to the record does a little bit of backwards masking listening to it backwards and it's talking to him because it Mm -hmm. turns out this rock musician he really was in league with the devil and he made (gasps) some crazy pact involving like people burning alive in his hotel room while he kept sealing this deal so he could transfer his soul into a record i guess and uh start helping this kid and start putting bad thoughts into his head and like get revenge on the bullies but then get revenge on all sorts of people until he's powerful enough to come back as some sort of like Freddy Krueger esque supernatural being that just fucks people up left and right. So does this, he? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. But this mm-hmm. this is a good this is a good little movie. Yeah, you it. liked it. I did. It was, it was nice. good. Totally. So you had a few good in the back end here. A little bit. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. We're getting through. <laughs> um, I followed this up with Blood Pigs. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like an RJ pick, but it does sound like I, no, a Jared it, pick. It's uh, not literal. This oh, okay. is this is uh, the last of the Brian Poland movies, if you recall, the director of Cryptic Plasm, uh, Bone mm-hmm. Sickness, that sort of thing. So this is the oh, last. Right. This, this was the last one for me. I almost turned this one off right away because I fucking hate like dudes with samurai swords hanging out in river bottoms fighting zombies and like fighting one another with like bandanas and sunglasses and bad goatees. And it's like the post-apocalypse, but like no effort or time has been put, be put into like create atmosphere. On top of that, this movie was shot really badly with like a shitty camera. It was like rendered out badly because it's the whole movie stutters along and it Mm -hmm. looks like shit. 
So I was just like real ready to check out. But, you know, I started checking my emails. I started doing some other things and kind of looking over at it, taking a glance at me like, has this gotten any better? Because sometimes with Brian Poland, it's all about the ending. And that's when it redeems itself. And sure enough, Blood Pigs gets to the ending and it is just like wild. It's wild practical effects. Homemade, homebrew. We're talking Dawn Dollar times 10. Going through oh, like go, going through the that's sl- pretty big. Go, oh, the, the 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 monster thing in this is so weird. I don't even know what it is, but it's really gross and terrifying. It seems like it's made of like stalks of human beings with plants, and it's like hmm. two guys kind of walking around inside of this like puppet, and people are just getting like oh violated and intestines being pulled out left and right. Uh, this is the thing. This is where Brian Poland sings. His actors suck. His story's not very good. They're shot for like, you know, 5,000 bucks on like consumer grade cameras. But when it comes time for the blood to flow and for like the gore and the effects, it's mm-hmm. so cool. I love this stuff. So this is like a new, a new big guy for you. Hey, but I've watched all of his movies and now I'm waiting for, oh, so uh, you're done. I'm done. Like he's only, he directed like these two crappy looking soft core things with vampire girls. I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, but he's apparently working on his fifth film. Uh, I've heard called septic and, uh, it, he's been working on it for a while, I guess, but like I, I think the, the day that hits the day that hits. Yeah. Like, a, mm-hmm. like, like the tank going septic. I don't know. We'll see. What what does Brian Poland have in store? I mean, it's it's they're all labors of love. I'm sure he works his day job, and then on weekends he gets these little effects plans and ready for, for when everyone's around, so he can put these things together. Um, I'll be there for it, man. I'm there. So, cryptic plasm. Yep. And that's the one you think I should watch, I th- right? It's yeah with understanding there's like an asterisk being like i'm telling you what these types of movies are these are like shot on video lo-fi movies that like are made by like your friend like they're just like people like in town that make this but there's something a little like there's something a little bit interesting with it and then it gets these ridiculous endings that are like holy crap this is like what i want from like like a guy it's like if you walked into a convention like a horror convention and you're walking around you see table after table of these guys they all look the same they've got probably tables filled with dvds and they all have the same fucking covers and you know what they're going to be they're going to be really unimaginative vampire zombie horror torture shit and then there'll be a brian Pollen, and he'll have like this movie he's trying he's busting he's trying his best and then it's like he doesn't quite have it because he's not a household name. He never will be. But his practical effects stuff is like, oh, I can't, you can't hate this. <laughs> I mean, what do you think I am going to You You give me that one. I'll watch it. Okay. I'll pass. Give me I'll, that one and I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch. You pick one oh, of them. Okay. Me to watch All right. I'll, watch I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I watched Highway to Hell. This okay. stars Rob Lowe's brother. Chad, oh, cool. Chad, uh, Chad, I believe uh, he's like most notable thing was he was dying of AIDS on life goes on a TV show that was on when you were just born, RJ. Mm. Um, Terrific. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about this. This was a Kino Blu-ray that I bought like for like $5 on a clearance sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is literally about a, a guy and a girl 
Mm-hmm. They uh, take his pizza delivery car, and they're going to go to Vegas and go get married. Yeah, they didn't tell okay. their parents, and they're for some reason afraid that they they're going to call the cops on them, and they're going to be stopped from getting married, even though they seem to be older than eighteen years old. I don't know, but they're driving down the highway. They stop at a gas station. They're told, "Hey, make sure you don't fall asleep between the Joshua trees," and then that's exactly what happens. And now they're facing Hell Cop. That is the name of the villain of this. Hell. That sounds cool. Yeah, it sure does. So Hellcop, mm-hmm. he shows up and he steals this dude's girlfriend, and then he drives off and they disappear. So guy goes back to the gas station saying, "What the fuck just happened? This guy was all burnt up, and he just took my girlfriend and left." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Well, there, it's actually the highway to hell, and uh, if you go to sleep and wish your way through, you can transport through this gateway, and you will arrive literally on the highway to hell." So okay. he does. He does that. He jumps through, and now he's like in this big scenic desert, blue skies. And it's, but it's like the highway to hell. There's like undead denizens who are just like regular people, but they're all like the type of people who probably belong in hell. Mm. Uh, They're kind of around uh, like Ben Stiller playing two different characters. Young, this is young Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is like jacked in this movie. He's just like, Mm -hmm. he looks like a little pro wrestler. Uh, He plays like a cook at a gas station. And then he shows up later on as like another type of goon. Uh, Jerry Stiller is in this as well. So we hmm. got Stiller's coming out of, uh, out of I like everywhere. Jerry Stiller. Yeah, he shows up. Uh, there's this really cool gag in this, the Hell Cop. He has handcuffs. So there's these oh, big, they're big, like actual big, hands. big fleshy hands on chains, mm-hmm. and you put nice. them on. Oh, it's so neat. And then, of course, mm-hmm. like one of the ways she escapes, like she gets handcuffed to like the bar. She like grabs mm-hmm. a pot of coffee and dumps it on the hand, and the hand lets go. It's pretty neat. That sounds cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's like, it's so dumb, but it's like, that's really cool. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, there's this whole thing that Satan wants virgin brides. And this, and and so Guy's girlfriend, she's a virgin still. So he wants Mm -hmm. her. He meets a little, like, weird little kid that's, like, in hell. But he's like, I'm fine with this. Satan's my friend. He's like a dad. And the Mm -hmm. the kid's like, wouldn't be, the kid'd be okay leaving hell. Uh, Mm -hmm. One thing leads to another. Oh, uh, Gilbert Godfrey shows up as Hitler. I mean, that's not far off from normal yeah. Gilmore Godfrey. <laughs> yeah. So he, so he's there. He does a bit. And uh-huh. there's some cool demon-y stuff. This is a... Uh-huh. Uh, it sounds like you liked it. It's okay. It's not bad. Yeah. I, I didn't dislike it. I, I kind of like finding movies like this. It's very uh, mm-hmm. 1980s cultish. Not mm-hmm. No, it's nothing great. But it's... A, RJ, it's a fun movie. Fun, you say? Fun, I says. What do you mean by fun? You might like this. You should, you'd be okay with it. I'll put it in the watch list. It sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, how many movies do you have left to talk about? Who, me? I could potentially talk about... Potentially. Uh, potentially. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. We're about equal then. Uh, you go ahead. Okay. I'll hit you with my dark movies. You ever heard of A Blade in the Dark? Uh, Yeah. By Lamberto Bava, director yeah. of Demons and Demons 2. Yes. I, I imagine uh, this is how you talk. I watched this movie, and I don't really remember much about it. That's not surprising. Uh, I was taken aback by a lot of people's three-star reviews of this movie, and I was like, two and a half. <laughs> Just to, just to undercut you a little Spl- bit. Splitting those hairs. Splitting the hairs. Uh, I, 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 a few years ago, I did keep a list of yeah. three stars is the new two and a half. Yeah. 
that's uh this one fits in there uh this is a giallo and it is what you have and a friend of the show ryan nagel pointed out uh the Jarrett comment a lot of gialloing yeah so uh the movie's got like a cool intro it's like three kids and two of them are bullies and they're trying to force one kid to go down like they find this abandoned house and they're like go down those stairs go see what's in the basement and the kid's like i don't really want to man and they like throw a ball down there and they're like go get the ball right and and he's like no i don't want to and they're like what are you a female and they're like female female (laughs) and they're just chanting female and i was like oh (laughs) it's a weird uh weird dig at this kid (laughs) so uh and, and like i mean that comes up later in the movie as some people would say problematic because uh this one i don't know i like i don't think it's a trans person at the end i think it's just someone who likes wearing a wig okay so anyways uh so the intro is pretty good because it's these kids and they're kind of like being shitty the kid goes down and then what you would imagine would happen jared is kid screams and then the ball gets thrown back up and it's covered in blood and you're like yeah you're like that's what i thought was gonna happen uh so then you cut to like an older version of one of these guys and i got a little confused because it was kind of like what happened was a, it was a movie and a guy is now a composer writing the score to this horror movie. And you're like, okay, okay. That's yeah. like Giallo-y stuff. Yeah, of course. But then it was kind of like elements from the movie are now coming into play in real life. And you're like, okay. So you have that. And it's basically this dude who's a composer playing like the piano. And there's like people who want to be around him. There's like some girl who's just like, I want to hang out with you. Let's have fun. And he's like, nah. Nah. And it's like, okay. You get a lot of red herrings, like people who might be the killer, people who aren't. But this movie, it's an uh, 110 minutes. And I would say 100 of those minutes are this guy walking around, kind of scratching his head. Because he'll play on his piano for a while. And what, then he'll what is this, like, deep red? Yeah, like it's... <sighs> It's so it's frustrating in that sense because so much of it is just that movie. And this movie could have been 80 minutes and I probably wouldn't have minded as much. But because it's almost two hours, he'll like hear a bang outside and it's like the killer dragging a body away. And he'll come out and like he literally just like scratches his head. He's like, huh, I uh, I wonder what's going on out here. And then he'll go from like the lawn to the basement and then he'll scratch his head down there. He's like, huh, I, uh, I wonder if someone was down here. <laughs> Like that's this entire movie. So it's it's for that reason alone this movie is not good. I can't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. It has one one awesome kill in it. It's a bathroom kill where someone get like this lady gets a plastic bag wrapped around her head and then like the guy puts a knife through her hand into the counter so she like can't move. I was like, "Whoa." I was not expecting that kind of level of a uh, brutality in this giallo movie where nothing has happened for 50 minutes so it's it's not good it's very boring but that one kill was pretty gnarly Hmm. do you so that was a a blade in the dark and and then then i watched alone in the dark with with martin landau with mart well not just martin landau jack palance donald pleasance and that that big guy that special guy and his Uh, and his relationship with kids so <laughs> so problematic all of these movies Dude, that guy had extreme strength as well jared of course the he reason did. 
the reason I watched these, not just because they had, they were both dark movies, but when you look at the posters side by side, yeah. like on my list, it looks like the arm and the leg are coming down from the same body. And I was like, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Like the poster side by side. I was like, I like that. So Alone in the Dark, I think has one of, without a doubt, this Creeptober, it, it, it's, it's got the best opening of any of the movies I've watched so far. Because you get this wild, elaborate dream sequence with Martin Landau and Donald Pleasance, where it's like dream logic stuff. He comes into like a diner. He's like, I'll have the usual. And then they just serve him a giant fish. And then the kitchen's completely on fire. And then it starts raining and they're like, welcome to hell. And he's like, he's just like quoting like uh, scripture. And I was like, I started this thing and I was like, what is this? I was like, I had no idea this was like good. I was like, maybe it's just uh, the opening scene here. I got to say, man, I think Alone in the Dark is actually a pretty good movie. Mm. I recommend this to people. I will recommend this to people. So you get this awesome intro. And then what you have is like. You get introduced to a Shutter Island type uh, insane asylum where Donald Pleasance is like the the head psychiatrist and he's doing this new age thing. He's like, I kind of just let them do whatever they feel like. He's like, they're not bad guys. They just done bad things. Uh, you have the ringleader Jack Palance going around like <sighs> talking through like like labored breaths. And you're like, yeah, it's curly. He's back for his gold. So he's out there. You have Martin Landau. He is a, a dude who quotes scripture and burns stuff. You have the gigantic man who – his name is Fatty. Yeah. And uh, he's known because he likes children. kids. He likes children. And that's one of the one of the weird things in this movie is like you get a fake out where he's like alone with a kid. Yeah. And you're like, that guy is going to rape that kid. Uh, I, I remember when I did watch this ages ago, I was taking yeah. those screenshots. It, well, because like, it's happening. It's, it's... And <laughs> it reminded me of you a little bit. Not because you do that stuff, but because of happiness, because you like it. And I was like, I bet when Jarrett watched this, he was laughing. I was. Because it's like, <laughs> because it's like happiness level. Like, hey, don't you uh, don't you want to like go upstairs you can like go upstairs and it's like no i don't want to go upstairs and it's like well don't don't you want a cookie and you're just like oh god like i didn't think it like so that was the the only like thing against this movie was that scene because i was watching it and it went on for so long and you're kind of like is this gonna happen because that's kind of weird if that happens in this movie because the rest of it is like not like playful, but like not that hardcore. And you're like, what the fuck? And then like you get the reveal later, like someone comes to check on the girl and she's just sleeping in the bed. But you're kind of like, so where did the pedophile go? Like I was, I was legitimately confused. I was like, what happened here? It's like, did he leave or did he like, I don't know. That's the only knock I have on this thing. So they're in the insane asylum. There's a blackout and then they go target the the new psychiatrist. But I, I just liked the feel of this movie. It was um, it's an '80s movie. I like the way it was shot and the way things play out. You get some like there's some there's some good like gore violence in this. You have the killer who gets nosebleeds whenever he kills people, and he just kind of shows up randomly like under masks, like gutting people, and then he just like has huge nosebleeds, and you're like, ooh shit. Uh, this is directed by Jack Shoulder. Mm-hmm. Director of one of the worst Nightmare on Earth, <laughs> but 
also the director of The Hidden and Wishmaster. Uh, Wishmaster 2, sorry, the prison movie, Evil Never Dies. So I don't know. I actually liked Alone in the Dark. I thought it was good. Hmm. Yeah, I when I watched it, I mean, I didn't really care for it that much. It just seemed kind of... I didn't scratch any of the itches I was looking for. It didn't look it didn't look great. It didn't have any like great like cinematography. It kind of just felt kind of boring. Because I actually look back at that period of time. Like, there was quite a few movies where I, I was looking for a very specific thing in the movies. So maybe watching it now, I'd have a different uh, reaction to it. But one thing to keep in mind, I would say, is I'm watching this at the back end of Creeptober, and where it's good. like. Well, I mean, compared to what I've watched so far, yeah. this was kind of like what you were saying. It's it was a nice like casual sure. watch. That sounds that yeah. sounds fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I watched a sort of trilogy, my trilogy, okay. I guess of the, the of the month. Um, are you familiar with All Hallows Eve? I am familiar, but I've never seen any of them. So why no. don't you tell me? Well, there's really there's two, but there's three. It's very confusing. So All Hallows Eve is uh, directed by this guy named Damien Leone. Okay. He made yeah. a short film called Terrifier. It's like 20 minutes yes. long. And it's yeah. about this Art the Clown. He made it like in 2011. And it's got all the like grindhouse filters you could shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. But okay. I'll get into that more. I didn't realize that when he made All Hallows Eve, he made a anthology himself. It has... Mm-hmm three short stories and one of them is the short film he just put into this film so he just basically sandwiched it into this because that's the kind of the main thrust of the story he's telling is this tale of art the clown yeah um so what is what is this all hallows eve so it starts off with it's uh, it's got the framing device these actors these children and this woman uh Katie McGuire Holy mm-hmm. fuck, are they horrible? They're okay. lousy, and that's a consistent like as actors. As to me, they're bad actors, or it's like okay. a consistent thing. Like Damien Leone, he does not know how to work with actors or find mm-hmm. good people to work with because they are so shit. Like it, it's it's kind of uh, maddening. Anyway, yeah. so the kids come back. It's Halloween night, and of course, what are they watching? Why? Something that's public domain. Night of the Living Dead, and uh, oh. it's the two, the brother and sister. They're whatever bickering and like this adult friend of their parents is babysitting them while they're out mm-hmm. and uh, they empty out their bag of candy to eat stuff and they find a VHS tape, an old VHS tape that someone, okay. that somebody put in there. They don't know where it came from. And then there's an mm-hmm. argument about, Hey, we should put it on. And the teacher, you know, the babies are just like, well, no, I'm not, fucking, mm-hmm. I'm not putting that on who the fuck knows what's on it. Like it could be some mm-hmm. weird shit. So no, absolutely not. Let me watch it. Like, okay, fine. Cause the kids wouldn't drop it. And they're like, fine. Let me put it on and we're going to see what it's about. And so the kids have to turn their back, go to the other part of the room and mm-hmm. she starts watching it. And it's like all like staticky. And then like footage starts to come through. And it's, of Snuff. course, it's no, well, yeah, it's, that's the idea is it's kind of feels snuffy, but it's like, sl- yeah. it's all very slickly shot and not VHS quality at all. Like, it's just like, yeah. and they're watching it on an HD TV and they have a VCR connected to mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, that's not how that works at all. Like yeah. these people look at this, like 
fucking basic ass house. Like they're they're not. Oh, where's my VHS? It's like where's some uh, Disney tapes? Is that what we're still watching here with this widescreen TV? It's just, uh it's so dumb. It's that <laughs> that eighties nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so the kids start sitting around with the babysitter and they start watching these three tales off the tape. Uh, the first one, it's um. This girl is like waiting to catch a bus and she's in a like bus depot by herself. And mm-hmm. that's that's our first glimpse of Art the Clown. Art the Clown has got to be one of the most like interestingly simply designed clown slasher monsters I've seen in a movie in a really long time. I, I would I 100 percent it's like that's the only reason that anyone gives a shit about this stuff because mm. the clown design and the guy who's playing the clown, oh what's his name? I can't David think. Howard Thornton. Yeah. And you know what's weird? He doesn't even get a credit here on All Hallows Eve under cast. Oh no wait, that dude's only in oh okay. I was gonna say his only credit is that terrifier movie. Interesting. Well, it's probably he, the same dude. It's got to right? be. It's got to be the same guy. So anyway, yeah. th- th- there's this, there's these really interesting ways that they have him kind of move into spaces because it's just like, yeah, he's this black and white, weird looking clown. He just walks yeah. into a room and he sits there and then he starts staring at you, but then he starts kind of putting on his act and he's like got fucked up teeth and he starts doing little clown things and then they start kind of getting weirder and weirder and then soon enough he's pulling out a needle and injecting you with stuff and then you pass out and then he just dis- and then he disappears for the rest of the segment and now you're in the rape dungeon of satanist demon shit it's absolute nonsense what kind of dungeon uh demony rape dungeon where there's yeah. just like weird hobos walking around in like i don't know industrial basements and and it's like that's when it's like then of course she wakes up and there's two other girls on chains oh there was a girl she got drug off and uh we're just standing around maybe someone will come rescue us no we have to go face it okay let's do that ah then one of the girls gets pulled off into the darkness and then (sighs) something happens to them and they try to fight whatever it is and it's just like demon shit and like girl being pinned down and like satan comes out and that's like whatever it's just like shit it's like ugh, don't need any more of that um i think the second one is like this shitty alien story like it's another one where like a woman's alone in her house and she's talking about this weird painting that she covers up when her husband's mm-hmm. not around and then like a flying saucer crashes in her backyard and then an alien, alien com- an, an alien comes out and starts like home uh-huh. invading and it's just like the most generic. That sounds cool. But it's not. It's so mm. generic. It's, there's nothing interesting about it. And it's like another movie about like a girl being drug around. And I'm like, what's up with this? Like, what? what yeah. the, is this like all this guy's got? It's people. <laughs> and then, of course, like at the end of this particular story, she pulls off the cloth that's on the painting. And there's a painting of Art the Clown. And that's it. Of course. But that, But that's it. It stops. There's nothing, mm-hmm. it doesn't go beyond that. And they're like, oh, I'm so freaked out by these stories. We can't keep watching these tapes. And then so the two kids, she puts them to bed upstairs. Uh-huh. And then she proceeds to watch the third one. And the third uh-huh. one, the third one is the Terrifier short film that is on YouTube. You could watch that. And it kind of feels more like uh, your, uh, oh, what's his name? Planet Terror, Robert Rodriguez style yeah. kind of grindhouse thing. But it's like him doing like a contemporary slasher. But so the interesting thing with the Art the Clown character is Art the Clown, there's no mythos. There's no Mm -hmm. origin of Art the Clown. He's just a murder clown. 
and his mo is like he doesn't like pump you up full of air till you blow up like stitches the clown mm-hmm. he's not he doesn't have any sort of like ironic twists and stuff like that no he just like disfigures you and mutilates you and f- kills you dead he has like a okay. he has like a thing of just, like just a chain that he just whips you messes you up with there's no rhyme or reason mm-hmm. to it he's just unrelenting darkness and so it ends the way that that one ends and then mm-hmm. and then of course art comes into the real world and now the sure. babysitter's dealing with art who's like trying to get in and there's some like interesting gags with that like as far as like visual kind of uh ideas with mirrors uh, mm-hmm. and then it ends on this note where you're just like oh he just fucking killed the kids. It's just there's their 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 decapitated heads because there's no hope when it comes to Art the Clown. So then this is I appreciate like just like how completely mm-hmm. <laughs> who cares? Let's just do it. So I watched this is on Amazon Prime. Okay. And then I saw then I saw All, uh, All Hallows Eve two was on Amazon Prime, and then I watched that, and I see that it has something to do with like a pumpkin face killer, and I'm like. Sure, mm-hmm. let's try that out. And what it is, it has nothing to do with Damien Leon and Art the Clown. It is mm-hmm. just a compilation of nine short films that they just threw together. Nine? Nine. Jeez. And Jeez Louise. Not, and not a winner amongst them. It is yeah. the most, like, they're not badly made, but so fucking boring. Like, mm-hmm. it, it sucked. <sighs> and so, this brings me to Terrifier on Netflix, which is like one of those things that's just like, I've always went wondered like, how bad will this be? Like, what is this thing? Yeah. And I'm based on the picture. Yeah. It's like, this could go a lot of ways. Um, and mostly bad. So I popped this in and being, and then Mm -hmm. it starts off. And actually I'd almost started watching this before realizing that it seemed like it was a sequel because they were referencing stuff that I thought was Mm -hmm. in the all Hallows Eve thing, but it turns Mm -hmm. out it's actually self-contained. And, um, yeah, it is ugly. It is so like I hate the way this movie looks throughout. Mm-hmm. Like it looks mm-hmm. bad. The high contrast, very digital, cheap. Um, the char- the actors all are terrible. All the human stuff, horrible. But yeah. when Art the Clown's around, it's just like, oh, he is something just messed up. Like there's something off about him, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where. Uh, these two drunk girls, they're leaving a party and they're like, I'm so drunk. I'm going to drive home. I'm whatever. Like, it's like that type of acting. It's like me. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. no, it's, this is uh these girls are playing drunk and then they're walking oh. on and, and they see Art the clown and he's like kind of walking around with a garbage bag and he's, mm-hmm. cause he's always walking around with a garbage bag. And the other thing Art the clown likes to do is he likes to smear shit over bathrooms. That's one of his. Oh. M- that's, that's one of his mo's. But the, you never see that part. But you always see him do like the hands thing, where he's like, "Hi," and he's got shit all over his hands. It actually reminds me of a Josh Simon's comic, which is maybe okay. why. Maybe that's why I'm a sucker for this Art the Clown thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a scene like so you have like all these little tidbits of the character development of Art. Um, so they kind of like, of course, the drunk girl starts like, "Hey, you want to be this, her boyfriend?" <laughs> yeah, she can't get late. It's like so. Ugh. You're like, you're like, yeah, yeah. Ter- get her art, get her terrifier, and then they go get some like greasy pizza because they're drunk. And then Art the clown comes in and he just sits down with his garbage bag and he just starts staring. He doesn't mm-hmm. talk. He never speaks. That's the other thing. He doesn't quip. There's no one-liners. There's no like brevity. There's no, oh, it's okay. He's Freddy Krueger. He's making us feel safe. No, yeah. he doesn't talk. He's silent. And uh, he just murders you. You don't know when or how, but it's going to happen. That's just mm-hmm. that's the world we live in with art. 
And the, but it's like that stuff's like awesome. Like when they're just <laughs> sitting there in the cafe and you're waiting for like whatever's going to happen. He goes to use the bathroom. And then, like, the guy, the owner of the pizza place, like, finds out what he's done in the bathroom. He's just like, get the fuck out of here. And then the clown's leaving. He does the hands thing. And then you get a scene of, like, the guy making pizzas, cleaning up shit off the toilets. It's just, like, this gross for the sake of, ugh. But then, and then the murdering begins. And uh, it's just, people get disfigured, mutilated left and right. I don't know. Mm. I, uh, it's totally. I'm surprised that you like this. It's a total guilty pleasure. I, okay. Like I'm telling you, like they're not. I don't even think they're actually that good. But I like Art the Clown that much. I I would if I if I could go buy an Art the Clown costume right now, I would totally go do that and be that for Halloween. I am so <laughs> surprised. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. This I find this legitimately surprising because yeah. I I thought you would have just been like, yeah, this is dumb new junk, whatever. Who gives there, a shit? There's something to it. I don't know what it is. Huh. Well, I'm not gonna watch it, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, all the I, all the shit smearing is uh, <laughs> not exactly uh, my brand. It's, of, it's um, such a tiny part, like, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's it's like it's you you blink and you miss it. I'm just bringing it up because I know it would bother you. So, yeah, I know, I yeah. know. I I don't know how I'd feel about this art the clown. It's uh, maybe one day, but uh, it's, currently, I don't even know how. I don't think this stuff will age very well. But at the moment, yeah. it's like I'd like to see it, it develop into like something else but i think that would hurt it because you don't want to know more about him you just mm. like it's just so simplistic it's like yeah he this is a single-minded like he murders people horribly in all sorts of different ways a variety of ways it'd be better hacks, if he just popped up saws. in other end sorry hacksaws yeah as you say it'd be better up uh, better off if he popped up in other horror anthologies just randomly and, po- and you would think of how excited you would be you'd yeah. be like holy shit it's art the clown yeah he's here he's i know what he's gonna do yeah they're all gonna die so maybe you can write the creator and just be like hey i got an idea <laughs> and i want um, you to follow through i'm gonna throw out one more here because uh okay. this this was also a, a creep pick this is another okay. this is sam sanchez is a dreadnought the, oh, okay. the Hong Kong uh, martial art movie that right. I've seen people generously on Letterboxd refer to as horror adjacent. Bull- I, bullshit. Bullshit. It's not. Yeah, okay. it's, it's fucking not, people. This is not a horror movie. It's a kung okay. fu movie that's got like a serial killer in it. But, and it's like at the beginning, there's some like stuff where I was like, oh shit, people are just getting stabbed like left and right. And then it's totally peters out and then turns into a typical, like to me, pretty typical martial arts movie it was okay but i was a little annoyed that uh i see this being like tagged as horror sam sanchez he did refer to it as light horror but yes uh, i was a little uh, like come on tell him how you really feel sam come on <laughs> sam okay there you go okay well i mean not horror then fuck it we're not gonna talk about it okay all right you want me uh yeah, yeah. I- i'm gonna finish off here for you. do it, it. You want to hear about gargoyles, Jared? Yeah, I do want to hear about gargoyles. You're gargoyles not, is pretty cool. Are you not okay? Good. I'm, you're not going to break my heart here. No, no, no. Gargoyles is pretty cool. I think uh, the issues that you brought up are. Um, so you've talked about gargoyles before. Yeah. I think last creeped over. Uh, was it, uh, maybe a couple years ago. Maybe two. Actually, I, yeah, because I would have borrowed it last year. Yeah. So it there you been go. The year before. Yeah. Yeah, I've had this movie for a long time, you guys. Mm-hmm. So I watched gargoyles. Gargoyles is pretty rad. Uh, I have the same problem that you do. I want more gargoyles. I know. And I want them to not be in slow motion. <laughs> Give me more gargoyles. 
at regular ass speed. Yeah. So I really like the intro to this where it's a, it's set up where it's just like, you know, God and the devil fight a lot and Lucifer is this angel and he created his own kind of army. These motherfuckers are gargoyles. See, that's the thing. I love this like Catholic infused horror, not because I practice the Catholic religion or anything like that. I'm just saying, I think there's so much more rich history to those kinds of stories. And you're like, yeah, like this is what, uh, this is really infusing some realism into, uh, my things here. It's realism. Like, realism. That's right, Jarrett. I don't know. I, I think, I just think they make better stories in my mind. It's like, this sure. is cool. Yeah. Historical yeah. reference, you know, yeah, some historic, like some, uh, historical some, li- stuff. some literature. Throw it in yeah, there. exactly. So like, I, I'm on board with anything like that. So I thought immediately at the intro, I was like, yeah, that's cool. I was like, I like that. And then you get what you described as the biggest piece of shit in the world. Which is true. There's this doctor guy, and this guy is like, I, I can't believe like, you recall my comments like this. I, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't remember this stuff. You know, you say it, I go, yeah, that sounds like something I'd say. You, you wrote a review, did I? That I, I checked out after okay. I watched the movie. So, um, yeah, that's what you were saying. Yeah, this guy's a huge piece of shit. It's kind of like if Coffin Joe and Art the Clown were a regular guy in society. This guy's just like leaving people to die. The, the, there's like the house burning down and the old man's like just passed out on the floor. Yeah. The daughter's like, we need to save him. And he's like, there's no hope for him. Let's go. But like he could have very easily moved that oh, yeah. guy outside. He, yeah, he was like such a jerk, wasn't he? Yeah, he was just doing shit like that. It, it was just constant. You're like, fuck. But, but, but gargoyle, uh, gargoyle bones? Gargoyle bones are really cool. The gargoyles themselves, uh, I actually really like their design where mm-hmm. it's like kind of reptilian, but like their ankles and legs will be real hairy. And she's like, that's a nice little contrast. It's like half hair, half scales. Yep. Uh, I also liked the way that they showed them where it was like the gargoyles fuck shit up and they should. When they get there, they have like a door barricaded and one gargoyle just knocks that fucking door down and breaks it apart. And he's like, he's like, your doors don't stop us. It's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and they just go and they like they actually just wreck shit. You have the lead gargoyle with his wings. He's riding horses at other times. Gargoyles mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a it's a cool movie. It's definitely um, an underseen movie. But you know what? I think in the last few years, these like made for TV movies have been hitting a lot harder with uh, with me and you than any of the other stuff we watch. There's maybe that's just yeah, me. There, there's but... a there's a quality that 70s TV movies really hit that are like mm-hmm. so like ah oh, yeah i i miss like yeah. i miss this era so much like because mm-hmm. there's always like some sort of like unpredictable magic to it and I'm, don't get me wrong most tv movies are shit but yes when it's like there's these ones that slip through you're like how did this even get made like it's mm-hmm. like so much effort was put into making this like tv movie but like gargoyles <laughs> it's like of all yep. things it's like that's awesome and then that's obviously there's like the restraints of like why there's not more gargoyle action and uh yeah. Like slow motion to pad out the use of the gargoyle costumes to make it seem like there's more of it than there is. But well, like I just love the yeah. vibe of it. I love that, like out in the middle of nowhere in the dark. Like I mean, that, I think we can relate to it. Creepsville is surrounded by like this like flat plateau of darkness in the like mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and uh, yeah, you're out, you're exposed, but it has like that vibe of like anything could be found like right over a hill. Yeah, buried yeah. under the ground in that shack buried under the ground. off that highway. You're like, what's going? What's really going on in that little shack? And it's like, maybe they got gargoyle bones in there. 
maybe you never know man and that's what that's what i mean like i i'm actually really liking these made for tv things like because well, night of the scarecrow night of the scarecrow uh a taste of evil by john moo and moxley um fuck well uh the, even that stephen king one storm of the century that was just a t that was like yep. a five hour tv thing but that thing was really cool too yep. and it's like yeah these things are awesome uh, I was just on Letterboxd, and it looks like Letterboxd has Halloween theme now. Uh, when you click on the page, the Letterboxd logo drips blood. Uh, just just so people out there know that it's probably not going to last much longer than a day. So this is live to Jared and I. Wow. Um, anyways, yeah, Gargoyles is pretty sweet. It's good stuff. Uh, so I watched some other movies, Jared. Okay. Uh, do you want to hear about The Craft at all? Um... Briefly, it's, it's 90s edgy Catholic witch movies. I okay, I saw that at Movie Mill, and it was one of those yep. movies I did not want to see. I was like, oh, it's like movie for girls. Like, I did yeah. not want to see it. Uh, and then my friend Mike and I, we went to it because that was like the movie we saw, and we were both like, that was actually pretty okay. Yeah, it's it's not bad, man. Like, I see the uh, I see why it's kind of has. I don't want to. I don't like saying cult following, but it's like I can see why people have nostalgic love for it. It's it's not bad. Uh, you got some girls; they're doing witchy stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, the one thing that's, I mean, it's a '90s movie. It's got its own flaws and holes. Uh, one thing that like I'm sure played well at the time, but I don't like now is there's creep. There's a creepy crawly scene where it's like snakes and bugs and spiders and rats and shit. I always feel really bad when. There's all these scenes where there's like tarantulas and fucking pythons and all these snakes. And then you have rats in the mix, too. It's like, do you know how scared those rats would be, man? I don't give a shit about snakes and spiders. I don't care about putting those fuckers together because those guys are gross. But like you put a rat next to like all these snakes and spiders and be like, that sucks. Don't don't be scaring those guys. Leave them be. Leave them be. So anyways, craft's not bad. Not bad. Uh, that was an Andy pick. Uh, she actually enjoyed it. You didn't label uh, it that way, though. Well, I forced her to watch it. She didn't want to watch it. I was like, I think you're going to like this movie. So she I never, made her watch she it. She never saw it before? No, she never saw The what? Craft. What did she think yeah. about it? She thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah, she was actually like, she gave this a better, or she gave that more of a shot than a lot of the other movies I tried watching with her. Sure. I showed her the first first five minutes of Alone in the Dark because oh. I was like, I was like, I watched it and I was like, yeah, that's cool. So I showed her it and she's like, what is this? What are you showing yeah. me? And I was like, God damn it. I was like, you're so hard to pick for. So I was like, I'll give you a 90s like feminist witch movie. I was like, You'll pro- you're going to like this. Yeah. And she did. So it worked out. You want to hear about three movies really quickly that all had pretty egregious animal cruelty in them? Uh, and my the, opinion the... of all three were pretty much the same. Uh, yeah, all three. Or no, I don't have to talk about any of well, them Well, the, the, the trilogy of movies that I'm like, why did RJ want to borrow these? Two evil eyes. That's actually not true. Death Dream is all in me because I want a confirmation that that movie is actually not very good. It's not. It's not good. Yeah. I, and ever, I'll tell ever, you why. People love that movie. I'm going to burn through these things real fast. Yeah. Two evil eyes, anthology series. Yeah. Oh, George good. A. Romero, Dario Argento. Not good. George Romero's story. It is. It's like old creep show comic book stuff. It's like, hey, what if an old man came back to life? And you're like, Whatever. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Second one, the Argento one. You have Harvey Keitel strangling cats for like an hour. And you're just like, and I know that's even just my hang up. But even 
So that was gross. But <laughs> apart from that, these movies are – it was just kind of lame, both of those movies. It's like not, yeah. neither of these things need nope. a movie. It's like, not even like a Tales of the Crypt episode. Nope. Like you would have been fine without either of these. Two Evil Eyes, not good. And it just got a, it's just got like a brand new re-release on Blu-ray too. It's Why? Like, just I, because of the guys attached to it? Pretty much. Who cares? Yeah, it's uh, not – neither of their uh, best works at all. Nope. It's just, yeah, no one likes those movies I don't think. Yeah. yeah. So I think I've made a decision after that. I don't think I'm a Takeshi Mike guy. <laughs> I like Audition. I think Audition is good. But I don't think I'm on board with Takeshi Mike. Well, okay. He has a lot of different styles of filmmaking. And uh, yeah. I would have never recommended you watch Gozu because it's the the nasty side of his movies. And if you're not on board with that, you're not on board with that. And like, but if you could watch like 13 Assassins like, and you'd be like, fine. Like you would watch Maybe. those. No, they're like straight up movies. Like there's no like... Okay. He doesn't like – it's not these like his weird Yakuza movies. Yeah. So here's the thing about Gozu. I wanted this for two reasons mm-hmm. and two reasons of all. Takeshi Mike because I was like, I like Audition. I'll give him another shot. And the poster originally, that old poster was just the yellow with like the cow head guy. And it came up on list all the time. It was like good horror. And I was like, yeah, yeah that poster is pretty spooky. I had no idea this was horror comedy. <laughs> I had no idea because I don't look into movies before I watch them. Uh, yeah. And then w- when I was watching it, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was like, what is happening here? And there's like this one too. Like the movie starts with a dog getting strangled and like just spiked into the ground and then whipped around on its leash. <laughs> and I was like, it, that's in the first one minute of this movie. I don't remember and that I, at all. <laughs> it's what? A guy goes out, he picks a dog and throws it on the ground. It's on a leash. And then he just whips it around in like a, a circle. Wow. And so in the first you'll, minute, you walked like, into that one. I was like, not for me. I can tell already. Yeah. Then you, you get like all this weird stuff and like, it's fine. But in terms of Japanese horror, I think I like so much other stuff mm-hmm. more than this. Yeah. You get that. And then there's even weird scenes where it's like the brother gets reincarnated in a woman. And then, yeah, exactly. Like Jared just said up Ringu, Ringu, any like Junji Ito stuff. I don't know, even Dark Waters. There's so much better. Pulse, so much better J-horror. Yep. Uh, so the brother gets reincarnated in a woman, and then there's like, he's going to get raped by an older man who puts a ladle in his butt. And it's there's like a joke. He's like, oh, man, I almost went without you. And it's like, okay, <laughs> sure, man. And then like, but then the joke later is like he saves her, but then the brother's like, you have to have sex with me now. And like, you're just kind of like, what are we doing? What are we going for here? You know, you know, Jer? Uh, he's like, what's the point of this? And then the guy, the guy does it. And then the, the, the brother's hand grabs his wiener from inside. And then he pulls out his arm and the guy gets reborn. I'm not a Takeshi Mike guy. I'm fine with that. If you like Takeshi Mike, that's your own. You go for it. Whatever. <laughs> not me. And you know what else I'm not a fan of? Dead of Night. Two movies in a row. AKA Death, Death Dream. Death Dream, which is, I looked up Death Dream and all these things Dead of Night came out on Letterboxd. I was like, what the fuck is Dead of Night? De- two movies in a row where dogs get spiked to the ground. This one actually kind of looked real. A dude chokes out a dog and then throws it on the lawn. And I was like, What's the point, man? 
this guy comes back from non with PTSD and he's just like, oh, he's, supposed he's to be, like, but, or is he dead? Or is he dead? And then, yeah, you get this like little play at the end where it's just like, what do you think? Well, not really. But I mean, you there's like a turn, but then it's kind of like boring because he goes into zombie mode and yeah. he's just like driving a car. He's like moving around the city. And you're like, what's what, what is it all for? It's a what, metaphor. What, it's a metaphor. I, I, I realize. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, man, he came back from the war. He's not the same. It's yeah. like. No, I, I wasn't big into this. And that, like, I think what you said, like, other people seem hot on it. They love, people love it. Like, I I double-checked, I and I was like, I'm, like, the lowest, I think I have, like, the lowest rating for this movie of, like, my Letterbox pod. Like, well, it's like, I, I it's can, like I there's, can a, fix there's that a massive you. clump of, like, four stars. And I was always like, what? Like, what am I missing? Like, I think this movie's not good. It's it, This is, like, nope. Phantasm for me, where I'm like, that ta- Phantasm's, like just okay. It is not a masterpiece. It, it, yeah. so, so I'm glad that you can uh, confirm my bias for me. Thank mm. you, RJ. No, I, I like last night you even texted me. You're like, what are you doing over there? And I just <laughs> like, it was just, I'm just trying to watch like all every, shit every I film, every you. film you take animal violence, dog violence, animal cruelty, and like three in a row. I just like, Oh my God, you, well, uh, you, yeah. and, <laughs> Even on top of that, it's like I said, I can get it outside of that myself now. I can be objective enough. I don't think any of those movies were good. Like, not in, not not the way I like movies. So, yeah. Death Dream, no. This is not a good movie. I don't know why. I don't know why people like it either. And the man who bought his porkies, See, no less. That's why I know what you want. I know you want gargoyles. Yeah. Yeah, gargoyles is the shit that I want. Yeah. Okay. So you're that's it, right? You're caught I'm done. up. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Gonna, very quickly. Uh, yeah. I watched another part of the American Horror Project Volume Two, set from Arrow. Dream No Evil. This movie, I had gotten the preview of what I was going to think of this movie because everyone I know on Letterbox who has watched this so far has been dropping a big uh, two stars on it, and uh, I was like, well, maybe I'll be that one who really gets it. And no, this movie's crap like it's not good it is not good it's just a sluggy 70s movie in the wrong kind of way mm. about like i something we're talking about no one no one should need to watch this it's like the only reason people are is because it's in that box set i don't get the value of it uh the guy who directed it he also directed a movie called grave of the vampire that looks mm. way cooler it's got like a weird little baby a little baby vampire going on or something i don't know i'm more into that than whatever this was offering it's like she's again it's kind of a psychotype deal where she's a crazy woman and she's killing people and then getting other people mm-hmm. like to kill on her behalf just nothing not it's watch. nothing new don't watch yeah. yeah don't and it's not even like in any way presented well the guy who's like the crazy preacher who's her like fiance's brother who's putting the moves on her and using her for his revival tent show he he should have been played by Rip Torn. That would have like really saved things, but it's not that type of movie. This is some regional horror filmmaking. But I yeah. did watch one of the better, like probably at this one of the best movies I watched the whole month, and it's like borderline horror. It's this movie called really? it's this movie called Celia. It's a mm-hmm. it's an Australian movie. I've had this DVD for years now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also from Scorpion releasing, um, and. I've just sort of heard people kind of mention it. It actually got brought up a lot more when Babadook came out because mm-hmm. uh, was it Jennifer Kent? She's Australian. And people were like, well, if you like that, you should check out Celia from 1989 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, huh, 
Celia. And you look at this and you're like, what is this going to be about? It's like she's this little girl. She's got like like war paint on. You're like, is this like mm-hmm. a Lord of the Flies type deal? So what mm-hmm. this actually is, so what this movie is, so it's a period piece. Uh, it opens up with this like girl. I don't know how she, old she is. She's like seven or eight. She goes to like wake up her grandma because she hasn't gotten up yet. And she turns her grandma over and her grandmother's just dead. And that's, cool. and, like just, that. and you're just like, Oh shit. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, but that's like how it would be. And like, it doesn't yeah. like, it doesn't yeah. over, it doesn't overplay it. It's just like, Oh yeah. Like someone has to find somebody. And that's like the trauma mm-hmm. of like finding your grandmother dead. And so it jumps ahead and it's like, she's kind of a, like disturbed by this, but not like overtly. And then mm-hmm. they start reading, um, uh, back at school reading a, like a fairy tale that I actually just came across. I'm trying to na- remember the name of the, the monster in it. It's like a, it's not like a gollywog, but uh, it's something. Gollywog? It's not gollywog. Uh, I know that gollywog is a different thing, but okay. it's like a bollywog or something like that. Anyway, so they're, they're reading the story. Mm. It's about this goblin. I had just read this thing because I actually came up in a uh, role-playing game thing I ran a couple months ago. And I was like listening mm-hmm. to this story and I'm like, wait a minute. Why do I know this? It's about this like there's it's like a fairy tale about like an old man and these like creatures keep trying to break into his house and this dog keeps barking and he gets mad at the dog and so he keeps like he cuts off his dog's legs but it's it's like this fairy tale and then it keeps chopping his dog up because every night the dog keeps barking telling him that there's this these monsters mm-hmm. outside and then eventually his dog stops barking because he's killed it and then the the goblins come in and take his wife away. And then he puts the dog back mm-hmm. together again in in the in the sanitized version of it. He puts his dog back together again, and then they go get his wife, and everything works out great. But that's like the cleaned up version. But there's these flashes to this girl having these images of like this creepy, goopy hand just like resting its hand on her windowsill, and then she's like really creeped out by it. How and- goopy? pretty goopy it's like blue and green and then there's this fucking scene where like they're reenacting the like the goblin things like running toward the house and it's like five Mm -hmm. six dudes in like full bodies and they're like running toward the house and it's so like whoa like and i I can't believe there's like no screenshots of this like very clearly on like google i'm like Mm -hmm. and i was like i didn't have my uh ipod with me to take screenshots i'm like fuck this is so cool but Mm -hmm. that's like as over i mean so the horror is not literal. And so the rest, so the whole thing is, so it's the fifties in Australia and there's this whole backdrop of kind of like the rabbit proof fencing stuff. So there's like all this stuff about like Australia had a rabbit problem in like the, the province of Victoria. I've and heard. So, yeah. And there's like, so there's like the yeah. stuff where like they're at the theater and they're watching footage of like, just like the, the wholesale slaughter of rabbits, like upon rabbits. Mm. Cause there's just so mm-hmm. many of them. And of course at the time, Rabbits were a very popular pet in Australia. And so she really wants a rabbit. And her dad's like kind of like this like conservative asshole kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he, more about him. New neighbors move in. And they're just like this like really nice seeming family. But then all these little drops of information start coming where you find out it's like, oh, they're part of the Communist Party in like 1950s Australia, which is mm-hmm. just like America. So there's just like these things like, oh, the neighbors next door communists and then you also find out though that the grandmother who died she was also a communist like and she was like a full-on member like through the 20s 30s and 40s and her son grew up with it and hates it and doesn't want anything to do with it and does not like his uh, daughter hanging out in her grandmother's room um 
And cause mm-hmm. so, so he's like becoming resentful, but he's also attracted to the neighbor's wife. And he seems to be like putting these vibes out of like, Hey, I'm going to tell people you're a communist unless you do something for me. And she's like, Nope. And of course he does. He starts telling people about it. And then all the kids start turning on like, so the, the people who moved, they have like three kids and the neighbor, mm-hmm. the girl, they all get along and they're having fun. But all the other kids, they start turning on them, start calling them communist, communist. <laughs> and it's like all this stuff like that. So it's like this kind of coming of age story. And there's this thing like uh, the dad buys her uh, daughter like a a rabbit to like, you can't hang out with those Tanner kids anymore. And she's like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm still going to get the rabbit. And then she does. Um, There's but there's like some fucked up shit. I don't know, RJ. This movie might not be RJ proof. There's some, there's some, some I won't even consider it then. No, but this movie is like, this movie is like really good. And like, it's so well made. And it's like stuff where you're like, oh, Cause like, cause there comes a point where the rabbits get rounded up. They all get, mm. ta- they get taken to the zoo because you can't have zoos. And the movie has this like political vibe to it of just like how horrible people in power are. And then I won't go much further into it, but I was just like, man, this movie's like great. Um, <laughs> the director is Anna Stevens, I believe. But yeah, I, I'm not sure if she's directing anything else. And like I said, this is like, this would, I would say is horror tangentially because of like, it's got those like, Bollywoggy monster goblin things in moments, but like the horror is like a real horror, and it's just got yeah. these really good visuals of like how horrible children are and how horrible adults are, and uh, mm-hmm. it's got one of the I'd say at by the end of the movie you're like that's a really she's a really good mom, <laughs> hmm. she she's like wow it's an all time good mom move right there. <laughs> I'm not um, sure if I buy it, but uh, you know. Oh, I'm I, interested. I see the. Running. I'm interested, but I won't watch it. Yeah, there's uh, things that I think you might be like, oh, but it's really good. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's, uh, you know, it it it's, it's reminds me of like Spirit of the Beehive, um, and like what Devil's Backbone wants to be. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I will mention briefly. I watched Killjoy just to bring a little oh. bit of uh, Charles Band Full Moon in here and also oh, keep keeping up my clown business. This is mm-hmm. also a black exploitation movie and is oh, wow. absolute crap. <laughs> like it is so bad. It looks like it. Yep, and there's like multiples of these. Supposedly mm-hmm. they get better as they go, but I've heard that about Allegedly. Puppet Masters as well. So uh-huh. last thing I'll talk mm-hmm. about, this is uh, on Shutter. Hagazusa. Sounds like a cool name. Uh it's got a pretty cool title. It's a yeah. it's, it's a witchy movie, witchy woman, witchy, uh, like the witch, and oh, um, the bitch. No, don't say that. The bitch. Yeah. So I don't know. Have you heard about this movie? Are you familiar with it at all? Uh, yeah, I have heard of it. It looks cool. It, I, it, I'll watch it one day. No, no, you shouldn't watch oh, this no. movie. Oh, not an RJ movie. Not an RJ movie at all. <sighs> okay, never mind. Yeah, not an R, not an RJ pick. Um, I. For the first hour of this, I was like, man, this is pretty awesome. And then I don't know what happens in the last 40 minutes, but it just mm. it becomes unnecessary. And then there's like, it takes some directions that are like pretty, pretty twisted. Like pretty like, Ugh. Twisted sister. Yeah, like twisted sister. We're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. And I think that's why this movie's not like on the tip of people's tongues. People aren't just like, oh man, it's like the witch. And I mean, the witch has got like grotesquerie. But mm-hmm. there's something, there's a reason to it where this just seems to go into like, this is something I read and I'm going to put it into my story. 
And uh, I think it, it needs to have no context. It just needs to happen. Because this movie really, it's kind of like Nicholas Winding Refn at his worst when he just like has no context of things he's doing, but it's like he found mm-hmm. it interesting. Because this movie's gorgeous. Best best <laughs> looking movie I watched the entire month. Uh, I was tweeting out some uh, stills of this as I was watching. Mm-hmm. Looks awesome. Looks great. I was so stoked watching it because I was like, man, this is so beautiful. I, I could recommend this just solely on visuals alone. But then like, it's basically told in four acts. You know, it has that stark black drop with some white text, one in like, you know, Celtic, whatever, Nordic language. And then in regular like alphabet and then underneath the mm-hmm. English subtitle comes up and it's like shadow blood horn fire and that's it beautiful visuals all the way through but it uh it's it's also got some like goat romancing of a sort not again not not, not, not no not as explicit not nowhere near oh as explicit God. but it's like also what's like up with you I, I, what's up with movies what is, yeah what, what's up with movies i don't know so it's got some some sensuality with a, a goat about being alone Sometimes you're just like, I need something to hug. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you could wa- just watch it. It's got this like the droning ambient sound that everything has now. Um, it's other. I liked, I, I did like this. Just like the visuals are awesome. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous cinematography. Referencing historical paintings. But <laughs> the story just doesn't go anywhere. You're like, yeah. You're just like, oh, everything sucks. <laughs> like everything's horrible. Um, and then and then you die. And not in the good way that I like usually. Yeah. Well, life sucks and then you die, yeah. right? And then sometimes podcasts come to an end. Like this one? Yep. I didn't think this was ever going to come to an end. Well, we're right there. Uh, I'm glad you told me not to because I would have watched Hagamusu or whatever. Hagazusa? Hagazusa. Yeah. Well, you watch... Uh, Bethel, Bethel Ruth, Bezel Booth, Bezel Booth, Bezel Booth. That's a that's a Mexican a, horror. That's a real word that's not made up. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, so we got what? By the time this is up, it'll be Halloween. Maybe you've got to you. Maybe you finished listening to this episode by the time Halloween has ended. Ends um, possibly. Maybe you're that you're that hardcore. I don't know. Congratulations. I will. <laughs> you, congratulations, Shinji. Congratulations. Woo! Congratulations, Shinji. You did it. That's you it. You did it, man. That's it for a while. Another six months. That's it for this episode of Ghoul School. One mm-hmm. of the, could possibly be one of the longest in contention. It, uh, it won't be, I don't think. No. No. It's typical. It'll be like top it's, five. It's typical, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next week. We got. We were back on the road. We're watching oh, some God. Alan Renee's films, Hiroshima uh, Monomore, and a real pick-me-up film, Night and Fog. Oh boy! No, thank you. Oh man, that's no, coming, thank you. It's coming our way, and we're making that march towards Spine Two Hundred. Are so, we close? We are extremely close. Okay. We are. Well, I mean, I'll take your word for it. Five films. Five films away. That's not bad. And that's two hundred. It's pretty close. All right, Jer. Okay. We did. We get it. We got spooky. We got so spooky. We got spooky. Yeah. That's it, I guess, for another year. Yep. And then uh, we'll see what we do in May. 
Who knows? Who Maybe knows? people will have feedback on that. No, they won't. They'll, they'll just take what we give them. That's true. That's true. Enjoy your lives or unlives. Get, I mean, be spooky. Go do something spooky if you want. Eat some candy. Eat some candy. Go do whatever feels right. Good night. Woo!